traveling the vortex. Number nine, 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 number nine. We've joined the doctor as he travels the vortex and landed episode number 147. And in 900 years of time and space, I've never been slapped by anyone's mother. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Good. <laughs> That's exhausting. <laughs> Yeah, a little story behind that. We lost uh, licensing rights for our song, so... We... I haven't sung to you in a while, so I thought... Oh. <laughs> if you were missing Sean's dulcet tones... That was almost spontaneous, though. It was, it was almost, almost spontaneous. Was. It almost worked. <laughs> almost too clever. <laughs> It's going to be the next ribbon. <laughs> Almost too clever. What did you guys do this week? Keith, you start. You rarely start. Um, He's trying to remember. Worked a lot of hours that weren't mine. I only worked my normal shift one day this week. Yeah. Gritch, but you had, but you had but two of those days of those that were days inside, which, were awesome. other than having to get up early, which, which I know you hate, it's, it wasn't too bad. The payoff is nice I, because you get to be home at I, night. I, Sarah. I got to work at 10 and left by 6. Which was nice, and got to go to swim lessons for the first time with the nephew. Not that impressive. At the Y, him or the lessons? The lessons. Oh, okay. You can't go in there with the in the pool with him because that'd be too distracting. Sure. And it's the South Y. Uh Have you ever been in there? Mm -hmm. So you're sitting at the windows. There on, uh, there's a stretch of pool, Mm -hmm. little pavement, and then another stretch of pool. It's in the other stretch of pool where they're swimming. You can't can't, can't really see anything. Um, But we finished Lincoln. It was it was good. Three weeks later. <laughs> hey, we finished it Wednesday night. Yeah, but we've been talking about it for three shows now. No, it's only the second one. Is it? One. I thought you I brought it up it two weeks ago. I, I probably brought it up several. It's because it's been that you sit- had it to watch. Maybe it's been sitting on my coffee table since August. Ah, well, there you go. <laughs> and I finally got to return it on Saturday. Yes, we have a renewing policy at our library. <laughs> it was good. I don't know if I'd ever watch it again. I feel smarter and more intelligent. And better cultured for watching it. The acting was really good. That's all I'm about to say. I, well, I hope you didn't take all your history from it. No, because there's there's an inaccuracy. I'm sure there is. But overall, I think it's some parts true to were, the idea. Let's and some way. parts were probably a bit more accurate than others. Probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, better representative. Oh yeah. About, like, especially like Mary Lincoln. Yeah. The issue she was dealing with. It kind of touched on know. that I, some. I read a book and I can't remember what it's called. I think it's called Mary Todd, the story of. The first lady, or something like—I remember exactly what it was. And it was—I mean, it. Of course, you don't see that in history books. Yeah, know, these little special things do it, but it, it was. It touches it was on pretty it, but it doesn't go in depth. Yeah, it was pretty. I mean, they nailed it home. I think. Pretty How much of the uh, three-hour opus did they deal with the vampire hunting? Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, none. None. Oh, really? Disappointing. Mm-hmm. That's dark. You, so you, neither of you guys have seen it. I no. saw it. Yeah. Oh, you saw it. Oh, you saw it? Yeah. You know how I, I saw it back before when it was nominated. 
Who oh, I was that's right. You watch everything. I was pleasantly surprised by... Watch everything. Um, I watch, try to watch every best picture. I nominated. try too, and I get about three to your 50. <laughs> and I'm still catching up. I still haven't seen Lincoln. Sadly, they nominate about 50 now. <laughs> I'll be watching it for next year's Oscar. Uh-huh. Like, oh, that one was really good. It should have won. <laughs> I think I did like Silver Lane's playbook better. That one I haven't seen. So uh, I was that. pleasantly surprised... By James Spader in it. James Spader's in it? In Lincoln, yeah. Oh, in Lincoln. I thought you meant in Silver no, Lane. I, was, I, didn't, know he, I didn't know he was in uh, Lincoln. I yeah, was pleasantly yeah. surprised to see I him. I liked him. I liked Tommy Lee Jones. Um, Tommy Lee Jones did a good job. Um, there's somebody else. Uh, Lee Pace was mm-hmm. despicable. Yeah. The Pie Man? The Pie Man's in it, and he's despicable. He plays with the uh, Democrat. <laughs> And all Democrats are despicable. It's it's weird watching a movie where the Democrats are the bad guys. <laughs> what in the world was that? It's playing Chateau Audrey. I am not. Um, did you get it for free or did you buy it? I got it for it's free. free on Android. Yeah, I got it for free months ago. <laughs> when it was, when it was, yeah. When it was free on iPod. Yes. Our iPhone. Apple. Is it, it's pad too, isn't it? Is it? might be. I didn't download I it for that one. Uh, read some more and... Game of Thrones. I still haven't started, Keith. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you've read almost an entire different book. Yeah, you know, that's I'm just getting it. close to 100 I, pages I keep now. picking other books up and reading them. I and... <laughs> uh, went to the pumpkin patch last night. That was pretty fun. Did a little hay rack ride to the pumpkin patch and then came back and then we did... Did you go to Reese? Yes. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, by the time we got there, it was almost Reese. dark. Oh. So the, the hay rack ride, Adi really enjoyed it. He'd never done a hay rack ride before. So that was a lot of fun for him. And then... He spent about five minutes doing s'mores before he got tired and ate the mush- uh, marshmallow and then went and... Ate the mushroom, the mushroom. and then went and tripped out. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then went and... Uh, Where is this place at? <laughs> <laughs> it's a really awesome. They had, and they, they had a DJ. Oh, dude, there was a corn man. Did you man. see the size of that chicken? Sorry. He, 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 but he, he had a lot of fun picking out a pumpkin because there's the hay, hay bales... In the parking lot where you can pick out a pumpkin. Or the hay rack ride takes you out to the patch where you get to pick your Depending pumpkin. Depending on what time of year you get out well, there. Sometimes the ones on the bales are better than the ones well, on yeah, the Well, yeah. We found some good ones. And then he had about five minutes fun for five minutes doing s'mores before he got bored. And went and they had a DJ and he went and danced around for a yeah. bit before we left. So that was fun. Uh, and then today we went to Manhattan because um, there's a thing called a yarn hop. <laughs> Sorry. It's, <laughs> yeah, just sounds funny. I'm sorry. It probably isn't. Probably great. It's it, it stretches from I don't know where Sol- Abilene or Salina. I don't I don't or Wichita. We're not sure where it starts, oh, okay. but it ends in Wamigo. Ah. And so it's a bunch of knitters going to different shops along the route. And there's sales and stuff, and there's special things you do. We weren't taking part of this, but a shop in Manhattan that Sarah's been wanting to go to was finally open on a Sunday because of the hop. Ah. So we got to go to the infamous shop in Manhattan that's never open every time you guys have been down there. And it's closing in December. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to have to try to go back sometime when it's going to be open again because currently everything's 25% off. And so hopefully we're... Next month it'll be 50. (laughs) Exactly. So we're going to go back. It was a really nice shop, too. It's a shame it's closing. And then we hit... No one knits in Manhattan. Apparently not. (laughs) I don't... Well, the ironic thing is it's, it's in downtown Manhattan. Um, where all the construction's going on, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like five doors down, Joanne's. Ah, uh, yeah. 
So I wonder if that's part of it. I don't know. I hope that Darn it's, big I, business, I, I, I hope killing the mom and pops. I hope she's closing for other reasons other than just not enough business. Yeah. Uh, but then we stopped in Wamigo on our way back and just kind of had a nice leisurely day. I did, however, uh, watch some bonus features on Ghost Lights. Oh, you did? There is about a 30-minute t- making of behind the scenes, uh-huh. in addition to the ask questions of the, uh, the writer. Interesting notes. His original story was set on Gallifrey. To me, that kind of makes a lot more of it make sense, because it's all alien. The house is set on Gallifrey. Okay. For Ghostlight. Okay. Yeah, I got you. Originally. So I'm lot, trying to visualize how I that would have worked. Yeah. That, that's partially why they changed it to Earth. Uh, Unfortunately, a lot of the ideas didn't change, too. A lot of the ideas of the Gallifreyan ideas carried over. Okay. Now, I was still very confused until I watched the making of. And I, I still want to go back and rewatch the episode. I haven't done that yet. Andrew Cartmel at the very end sits down and goes, okay, here's what it was about. <laughs> here's, and, here's my science fiction travel, time travel note card that was and, included and so, with the DVD. So he starts with this, starting to explain light, and I'm like, I understand lights. Then there's a great line he says, Josiah is a part of light. It's entourage. Josiah you know who I'm talking about? The, the, the scientist the, with the glasses. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the housekeeper guy. The, the lord of the manor. Is the one... <laughs> lord of the manor. King lord of the, the castle. The one he sends out in, uh, the advance party to start scouting and start collecting specimens. And Josiah went native. Who started evolving. Control stays with light. Which, and unfortunately... So the, the people that went out to... Search for the stuff. Starts, they started evolving. They start, oh, he I started evolving into a Victorian. Wait, who's, he? Gen- who's he? Josiah. Josiah did. Okay. Josiah okay. started evolving into a Victorian gentleman. Okay. And that's why things went wrong. Ah. Control sure. is there because, and so he he evolves and grows past whatever, and locks light away to keep him from coming out and uh, doing his thing. Control is so in there with that him. Have been conveyed because that makes sense. yes, it makes total sense now. The entire story makes sense. We I went. Through the entire thing, thinking Josiah was human, he's not human. Well, I don't know. I I didn't. I went through it the first time thinking that until the end, when everybody kind of takes their stations on the ship. Well, and, and that and, to me was a revolution. Revelation of oh, they orig- They all not wasn't just control. They all came from. They all the, came from the, the ship. ship. Not all of them, because the the daughter and the mother. <laughs> were, well, yeah, they were just having to be in the house. They they, they were really rich and having to the, the house. I'm talking about the three that take. Oh, and the take the he ship. Also, he they, they also go to their stations that, on the ship. That's what I'm saying. Is I oh, figured okay. they all came. from I'm trying the to ship. remember who all goes to the station. Uh, well, it was the, the game essentially the game hunter guy, yeah, uh, which Josiah and Control, game well. hunter guy and Nimrod are human. Oh, okay. They so had just that. come in previous times and picked them up. I see. Well, I knew Nimrod was because he yes. talked about him being plucked from or yeah, yeah from his the time. So they, he explains that also. Control and Josiah essentially become the new light, and so they balance each other out. At the end, in the end, yeah, okay. I, I didn't quite get that. I, 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 I suspected so that's, that's what they're going off. I suspected doing. that's where they were going with that, but I would that that what you said now confirms it. So. Yeah. Okay. So just I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to rewatch it. I think I'm going to rewatch it with the info text just to kind of help mm-hmm. affirm some stuff. Sometimes but just the I, just his 
after we're done recording, I had to pop it in and fast forward it to that section. So he explains it to you guys because I don't think I'm doing it justice because it just it all makes sense. Okay. Well, I'm glad. So for for those that were confused, so now Now, how many of these mushrooms did you get before you watched this (laughs) that it suddenly made sense? Technically, it was before. Yeah. Before I had the mushrooms. Oh, okay. My old rats are goes out there. (laughs) Um. So now I'm thinking about not getting rid of it, depending on how I like it on my second viewing, with this knowledge now. Because that knowledge just kind of makes the entire story kind of cool to me. That's okay. I think they're going to release a special edition of it here soon. So. Figures. I'll pick that up. We'll see. I, I may come down afterwards saying, yeah, even with that extra knowledge, it's a train wreck to watch. I don't well, want it. Yes, I think it will still be a train wreck to watch. But. And there is a novelization that the writer did and he talked about the, oh, the actual writer wrote the novelization yeah. oh no that's helpful too. so he, i mean as far as he talked about in the bonus feature if he really didn't want the novelization to be the definitive version of the story but it's just something unavoidable <laughs> just because you can delve into the characters well, more, especially more if you're the author else. of both yeah. the, the novelization is called ghostlight colon this is how it should have happened <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like there was a lot of changes made to this yeah, story i'm sure there were or it would have been a lot less convoluted. So the changes that were made is is is, is, is the train wreck that is Ghostlight. Is this something that we can lay at the author's feet because wow, buddy, you just you, you didn't no, get you didn't well, go there, or do we lay it at J and T's feet? I think because, I think it's a collective issue. I think well, it's a collective issue between the writer was, Andrew Cartmel and J and T. It's whoever would have been script editing at the time. Andrew. Not, That's not, Andrew Cartmel. Yeah, I, I I don't think it would have been J and T. I, I, producing it, it sounds it sound like JNT did have some say in what well, was going on. Well, he had a lot of that micromanaging of qualities. Oh, did okay. Yeah, it sounded like he had say in the story too. Yeah. So, it's, well, he certainly yeah, had say in yeah. the fact that they were only doing three episodes as opposed to four. Sophie and so. it says if any story warranted four parts, it was Ghostlight. They all kind of talked the... about like, well, we don't quite know what's going on in this. Let's hope it just makes sense as we act it yeah. out. <laughs> but they all really enjoyed making it, yeah. it sounded like. So. Right. It looks like it was probably a fun episode to make. But and, well, Unlike and the Trial of the Time Lords. I, I, it, it's it's hard like, to tell oh, sometimes with interviews I've seen with Sylvester if, if he's just being gracious or if he's being genuine. He talked about how normally he prefers doing studio... Or, uh, Location shooting, but he enjoyed doing this one so much because the studio was so great and didn't look like it was a studio. Mm, mm, mm. And that's what I did this week. Okay, cool. Sean, you want to go or you want me to go? I just I'll had go. a couple of things. So. Um, I what did I do this week? Um, other than the standard work, of the work in the school, yeah, there was that. <laughs> um, I did get caught up on a couple of movies. Uh, we watched Pacific Rim. What do you think? That is a lot of fun. This is not going to win any Oscars, but it had giant robots and giant you didn't monsters. See that one in the I really wanted to. It was, it was in the cheap theater for a very short amount of time. Yeah, Mel and I both really wanted to go, and it was kind of one of those things that we even thought about. Yeah, this would be worth an IMAX trip, you know, just to go down and see this. And we just, you know, stuff kept coming up, and we just couldn't make a, a run for it. And then by the time we thought, yeah, we can go see it now, then it was in cheap theaters, and it was like. At this point, I'd almost rather wait for the Blu-ray because I can sit at home and crank up the surround sound, and you know. And you're gonna have better quality. Better quality, yeah. But um, believe it or not, it's very much a film I wish I'd have caught in 3D. It's, hmm. it's it's got a lot of amazing, not just the visuals, but a lot of the way those visuals are utilized. It would have looked really cool in 3D. Sometimes you'll look at a spectacle film like that and go, 
Yeah, okay, I can see yeah. where 3D qualifies for this one. Yeah, and you know me, normally I don't. Right. Normally yeah. I don't say that. Yeah. But this That's was, was, this was definitely one. I Avatar in 3D. I oh, yeah. I oohed by the sparkly and ignored the plot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should have, totally should have. Uh, it, it, it was it was a lot of fun, and it, it, it kind of harkened back to all of those. You remember Robot Jocks? Mm-hmm. I know you did, because mm-hmm. that was one of those. We watched it every single time. It was on HBO kind yeah. of movies. That's what it felt like. The, 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 the overbearing joyousness you got as a kid watching Robot Jocks on HBO, <laughs> that's the joy you'll get mm-hmm. watching Pacific Rim as an adult. <laughs> it's cool. just kind of like, oh, yeah, giant robots, go. Um the plot's okay. Yeah. There's, there's monsters and giant robots. <laughs> That's pretty much it. And they're not Transformers, which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Better plot than Transformers? Better plot than Transformers. That's Doesn't not saying much. much. Yeah. Transformers or Transformers 2 and 3? It doesn't matter. It doesn't See, matter. I, 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 I like Transformers. I there's still not a lot of plot in it. Julian tonight was trying to make a case for Walking Dead Season 3. And he said it's like Transformers, one season book, movie ones like this, twos like this, threes like this. It's the same way with what? the seasons no. of Walking Dead. No, 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 no. Uh, I have to take his word because I've not seen the third one yet. Because I can't. And, I, and Transformers said, one is like no. this. Transformers two is like yeah. this. Transformers three is like this. Uh, so well, he was just saying it, it is was, better than two. It was but better not than two. by much. And Patrick so said three that's, is better than two of Transformers or Walking yes, Dead. Yes, Transformers. Yes, but not by much. See, that's <laughs> why I haven't watched the third and, one because I just said. You just turned me off of Walking Dead season two. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> just by comparing it to Transformers. Any, anytime you compare anything to Transformers, it's like, eh, it's not going to work out for you. <laughs> but uh, It sounds like Julian had Transformers join anyway. So. so so we did that, and then um, I forget what the other one was that we watched. I caught something else. that. It, oh, I, I watched Cat on a Hot Tin Roof in class, which I'd never seen. That was good. I think it's a little... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Over, over, over. Overrated. 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 Oh, so it's like Citizen King. No. <laughs> Actually, I didn't. I don't know. I saw a Cat on a Hot Tin Roof many years ago, but I don't know that I thought. Of course, back then, I'm not sure that I thought it was overrated. Well, just because everybody talked about Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, and I watched it, and was like, "This was good." I mean, it's, it's a good story, but yeah, I thought it was kind of overrated for what we got. It really kind of takes... Sometimes that happens, especially with classic films, is they'll, yeah. they'll be built up on such a high pedestal that when you get there, it just, you're well, like... Well, and that's why I didn't watch Citizen Kane for the longest time, because everybody talked about it being, it's the number one film ever made, it's this, and I thought it can't be that good, and then I and watched it. Well, <laughs> from a technical standpoint, it is. No. From the technical standpoint that it was made at the time, yes. yes. From a technical standpoint now, people are still using it, it can't be used now because so much of that technique has changed and evolved and become better. Now, it deserves being a hallmark for the style and things that they tried, but things have come along that they've tried much better that right. when you look back at it, you go, maybe that wasn't the best choice here. Maybe this should have been done instead. That's the problem because it was, it was a technical marvel at the time, Well, and but it's not Because now, not only of the, the, the camera shots and things that he things. did in it, but the fact that he did all of them. You know, it's not just that there was that one cool shot. It was that every shot was, yeah. So Agreed. That, but that, that unfortunately is, takes you out of the film. No, that I agree. Yeah. The, the plot so. to Citizen Kane is not all that great. But the, the, from a technical standpoint, it is It is a genius. Actually, movie. the plot so. is great from Citizen Kane. <laughs> but not the film. I can't win with but him. But not the film. Because that's the problem. But not is, the film plot? Yeah, it's it's. it's 
watered down with yeah. all that spectacle. I love but the, it. But the, 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 the idea and concept of Citizen Kane is good, is good but it just gets... Yeah, when you're focusing on tech, technical, <laughs> and you're not focusing as heavy on story, something's going to give. So. Then you probably won't like Pacific Rim. <laughs> <laughs> no. Because it's all robots. And here's the thing, though. You go into Citizen Kane, and you, again, it's been set up so high, and you exp- you expect more from it, whereas Pacific Rim, I wouldn't go expecting well, anything uh, from the story. Okay, so quick segue here. This is the, the way that I look at them is there's two films that usually jockey for position at the top of every critic's ultimate end all be all list, and it's Citizen Kane and Casablanca. And I look at these as almost two different sides of the same coin because I think Citizen Kane has the technical expertise, and Casablanca's got the story. Yeah, but, but if you really look at Casablanca. It, there's there's nothing about Casablanca that stands out no, that's from true. a filmmaking standpoint other than that's not it's true. got this great story with Rick and it Elsa. It may not have all of the technical trials and errors of Citizen Kane, but it its work in lighting and shadow and Rembrandt lighting and film noir and all of those it, different yeah, styles but, but, that it tackles are fantastic and, and they're done of, and, spot on. And none of those are any different than the other 156 movies Warner Brothers put out during that time frame. See, but I disagree that because it looks it, exactly like the rest it of them. Does, no, it doesn't because if you go back, is everybody is trying that film noir look and Casablanca is one of the few in there that does it all right in, from beginning mm. to end. It's 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 it so, is, it's a perfect film as far as that goes. As far as its as its technical, what it did with its technical prowess, it's perfect. That's why it's such a good film because you've got a very strong supporting story. You've got four fantastic lead actors and actresses, and then you've got the uh, what the technical that they were focusing on is done perfectly. That's why it's such a brilliant film. Okay. It's great. That's why it's, it's on the top of my. It's number one on my list. It's, it's number two on mine. Citizen, I mean, it's, Citizen Kane would not be probably in the top five, but it might break the top ten just for what it attempted. Yeah, but um, I don't think either one. Made for top recognition, five. well, we know, but you don't like black and white. I like black and white films. <laughs> I know you got after me. Or I said that like two weeks ago. You're, you're oh, you wouldn't like it. You wouldn't like it. It's black and white. But yeah, cut on a hot tin roof. It's good. Have either of you seen Pie? No, not yet. I haven't seen Pie. Oh, you got to get to the final reel for it to really kick in. <laughs> and then we went and drove to, uh, we did go to the IMAX in 3D and saw Gravity. Is it good? Oh, my God. Is it good? It's the best film I've seen this year. Really? It looks great. It's going to win some Oscars. It I've heard is, that the 3D is worthwhile. So. The, yes, the 3D was worthwhile. Go see it in IMAX. It's amazing. And it does all those things that you and I like from a technical standpoint, the long shot. It's Alphonse Caron, so you know he's, he's, he's he loves the long shots. He did Children of Men, and he did... Um, That's all I'm aware of. Well, he did Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, but I don't remember right. too many long shots in that one. That was a little more studio-orientated, but especially Children of Men um, with the big long... You, have you seen the trailer? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that trailer, a couple of them. the opening with the crap, you know, smashing into the, st- the shuttle and all that kind of stuff, that is part of the open. I mean, but it's all the same take. It's all, I mean, at least it's designed to look like it. Right, right. It's all one long shot from this thing coming into orbit overhead and then conversation and then panning around and then we're getting the report and then the stuff smashes into the shuttle and then the thing breaks loose and she goes tumbling off. And that's all, it's like 20, 30 minutes of one take. And it's um, 
amazing. It's a gorgeous film. It's well shot. It's well acted. Sandra Bullock's going to get nominated for 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 her first statue because she was great. Um, everything about it. I just I, I just sat there slack jawed through the entire movie. It's phenomenal. I cannot say high enough praise. I am excited to see that one. That one just yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's amazing, and not just from the technical standpoint because yes, I'm a film geek and I love stuff like that, but. Just it's it's a well told story told well, and so that that you know I'm just jaded and I don't think it will get nominated. <laughs> well, they nominate nine now. It probably won't win. But yeah, it's, it could, it'll, it'll it get, get the nominees. Yeah, I just may not. Win. They'll they'll nominate it and then they'll turn around they'll and give the statue to whatever piece I depends on how much money it makes. If it makes year. a lot of money, it won't win. That's <laughs> number one of the box office again this yeah, week. See, so. they get snobbish when that happens. But yeah, amazing movie. I cannot recommend it highly enough, so go see that one. Although Children of Men did get nominated for three different things, just not Best Picture. Right. So I'm sure there will be nominations in that. And as good as Children of Men was, I don't know that it deserved Best Picture. So I would concur. It's I love Children of Men. It's, it's a, a good great movie, movie, but yeah. I think of, of the ones that were nominated that year, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember what else was nominated. I don't know that it held up. So um, anyway, yeah, there's that. And then, so... And then I reordered some more Doctor Who stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're going to go buy some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Call me when it's in. Especially the doctors, because I still got some credit left. Yes. Plus, I've got to go buy three <laughs> figures for our <laughs> contest. Did your demo drop? Did you check? Oh, I never checked. What'd you do this week, Glenn? Let's see. Oh, hey, now that's in two days, isn't it? I'm going to go buy, Is that? buy that. Yeah, it comes out Tuesday. Marvel. Uh, Lego Marvel. Marvel. Oh, does that come out finally? Yeah. They've set a re- now. They finally set the release date for it? Yeah, yeah. That's. I don't know. They're counting down on their Facebook page. So uh, they've been counting down for the last two weeks. I, so. That's I, the I, official countdown clock then, because I haven't been able to. I've had people ask me at work, and I, I ask, can't find one I anywhere. Ask, uh, not Drew. I asked somebody else. Uh, I don't know who the guy was that helped me the first time. He said, we don't know. <laughs> October. Honestly, I would wait to pick it up. Somebody leaked the GameStop Black Friday ad. It's only like twenty bucks. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, a lot of places will have it because that's what they usually do with they that. Drop it down really they, low. They, they, I think they did that with what was the other uh, late year release that they did that with two years ago. They did Arkham it with City. Le- they did it with Lego. Well, no, I'm talking about Lego titles. Oh, but the Lego. They ones, did yeah. it with Lego Rock Band, and they did it with another Lego title that dropped late, like July or August. Maybe it was even no, it was even later than that. It was like October, November. I yeah, I'm sure been, a lot of uh, that's a that's a good that's a good thought, but no, I won't be able to wait. Most of them are most of them come out in April or at least over the summer. But I'm trying to remember what three, the one was. Well, was they like. used to do they, three a year. Yeah, now they're down, down to two. two. Anyway, uh, what did I do this week? Uh, Monday was off. <laughs> work Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and then I was on Friday. Friday went and saw Red too. How was it? Well, here's what happened. Let me let me You've start seen from Red, the beginning. Right? Well, yes, I have. I saw Red and I loved it in the theater. Oh, okay. But last Monday, I wanted to go see. I was going to see either the Wolverine or Red Two, and I I was more excited about seeing the Wolverine. But then I found out that they only had an evening showing of the Wolverine. Oh. And they only had seven o'clock. And I thought, I don't know if you know, that's the end of my vacation. I wanted to kind of hang out with the family. I'm not sure I want to go spend two and a half hours in a theater. So. I didn't go to. I didn't even go to Red in the afternoon. Red two in the afternoon. I just wasn't that excited about it. Well, I was in Walmart on like Tuesday, and in the seven ninety five DVD bin was Red two or was Red, and I thought, wow, I really enjoyed this movie. Well, I'll pick it up and own it. And so then I got home, of course, and got all excited and watched it. 
and it, it reminded me why I loved the movie, the first movie, and so I was like, then that just totally jazzed me. So I was looking forward to Friday all week from that point on. It's good. It's really good. It is not as good as the first movie, but it is. It it it's a lot of fun, and it has. I mean, it's 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 a close second to the first film as far as That's you know, cool. Him. Yeah. So um, everybody is is wonderful. It's a it's a great premise. I absolutely loved Anthony Hopkins in it. His character is just incredible. Um, Sorely missing Morgan Freeman, but we obviously know why he wasn't. Because I mean, I, I really <laughs> suspected he was going to show up, and the, and we'd find out that the 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 shot that killed him in the in the first film spoilers um, was from somewhere else, and it was a whole ruse. And because I mean, his yeah. he faked his death in the beginning of it, you know, in order to. Uh, well, and, so. and so the trailers for this thing started, and I was like, "Oh, cool, red too." And then we were talking to Mel one night, and I was like, oh, "The more I think about it, the more I'm just not really excited for it." Because how kind of was like, "Well, you know, they got everybody back, but Morgan Freeman," and it's just kind of like, "What he, he was, you know, you couldn't get Morgan." She goes like, "Oh yeah, that's kind of a bummer. I wonder why he didn't come back." couple days went by and then she comes and she smacks me and she's like he's dead moron <laughs> his, his character died in the first movie and i was like oh yeah <laughs> <It> just <laughs> but john malkovich was just as funny as ever he was and first one. yeah he really was and Catherine zeta jones is edited in this one uh, brian cox come back some, uh, for a couple of cameos in this one oh, so nice. yeah so um i say a couple of cameos he's actually in about three parts for a, you know a good 10 15 minutes. I was really shocked because I never saw anything. Yeah, he's not about built. him. But he's he's got a, I mean he's, and he's got a significant role in in what's taking place. But it's it's enough that he must have had another project or something else going on that they just said, "Okay, well we'll just slip the character here and here and here." And and it worked <laughs> really well. Um and Helen Mirren was wonderful as, as usual. Um the new baddie which is or the guy that's chasing them is and I can never remember the guy's name. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, no, is uh, oh shoot! I can't even think of any other films that he's in. But anyway, he's he's Hold just on, kind I'm of looking. run of the mill. He, I really miss Keith Urban. Really, really miss Keith Urban. Wow, but, it's been a long time since I've seen Run. I forgot he was the bad guy. Yeah, well, he, he's not the bad guy. Well, he's the one that's supposed to run them down and bring them in. And this guy's the same. Neil McDonald. Neil McDonald. Not Keith Urban. Might have been Neil. Keith Urban was you know, it, in the first movie. It's not Cal Urban. Huh? Caliber or Car- uh, Carl? What is his name? Carl Urban. Carl, Carl Urban. Urban. Not not Keith. Uh, that's why. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, yeah. Carl Urban. I, no, Carl. I, not Keith. I, you're right. I forgot. Keith he was Urban in is that. a singer, isn't he? Country singer. Yeah. Yeah. Carl Urban. An Australian country singer. Him? That's him. Yeah. Oh, Dum Dum. Neil McDonald. Yeah. Dum Dum Dugan. Dum Dum Dugan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. And, and yes. he's uh, he's. Uh, that's what I was trying to think. He was a Tin Man. Just recently, Hawk in First Contact. Yes. 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 So. He's he's the, the guy dollar. he's the guy trying to run him down and and uh, in this one so um, I like him as a man. yeah he was he was okay he was just kind of running the mill I mean it was just his part was really almost expected throughout all but ooh David good. Um, Lewis we took the kids or, yeah I, I, we took the kids to boo at the zoo on Saturday afternoon um, which is like a trick or treat at the zoo for anybody that doesn't know. And that was a lot of fun. And actually, we had to run out Friday night and get Mason's costume because we, <laughs> I mean, this month just half this month flew by, and we still we knew what he he wanted to be Superman. We knew that that's what he we were going to get, but Superman was everywhere, so we just kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. Finally, they both came home from uh, their daycare saying because they kids had said you know boot the zoo this weekend, 
and they both wanted to go to the zoo. And it, they've actually spread it out over two weekends. It's it's now two weekends oh, in October, oh, cool. and so we could have done it this week or next weekend. But I was afraid next weekend would be, be much colder than it was this weekend, and so I said, "Yeah, let's get it." So we had to run out Friday night and get his costume, and, and we so we got that taken care. Of. And then today, this afternoon, we went and saw um, Despicable Me too. Mel went to that. You forgot, didn't you? No, we, no. <laughs> oh, we, we did knew, you see it? No. Oh. Well, we're gonna go. Uh, I knew you said you wanted. So to I have it. Monday and Tuesday off. Not next week, but the week after. Ah, We're going to go then. Oh, okay. Mel went to that today. Yeah. Um, Not near as good as the first one, but it's it's. That's what she said. She said it was really enjoyable. She said it was really cute. Uh, I don't know that it was really enjoyable. It was an enjoyable film. It was worth two bucks. It's minion minion heavy, isn't it? Not in the way you're... Not in the way you think. Okay. Not in the way you think. Because all the little gags in it with the minions... Were perfect. They were funny. Although three of them were in the trailers and teasers, so I, I didn't expect the first teaser to be ripped straight from the film. The first teaser was yeah, from the, the film. First teaser. Is I didn't from think the film. either teaser, either the first two teasers were from the film. Yeah, they're both from the film. Huh. Um, Chris and Wig's character. Wait, wait. Really enjoyable. The, the one ban- with the ba- banana. Banana. The song is from the film. Banana is in the film. Banana. Banana, banana, banana. Them singing that? That was the first teaser. teaser. Okay, then that one's not in the film. No, the, the, the one ha- where the they Halloween get abducted. Theater? The one where they or get the abducted. Halloween teaser? Okay. Yeah, that one was in okay. the okay. film. Okay, that's the one I was thinking. Yeah, the other and one, then the, oh, other the other actual one is trailer? The, well, it seemed like there was one other teaser. Where, where they're running with the car? Yes. That's the actual, that's the actual, actual trailer. trailer. Yeah, but it's the whole first part of the trailer, isn't it? Yeah, that's why I'm thinking. Yeah, it's a long it's a long section. Yeah, that's in it. Which I guess I expected that one to be. And, and then it, is that the trailer that anyway. ends with the the desk on fire and they come in? Yeah, and yeah. yeah. okay, that's in there. Anyway, all of that is in there. In there, and those are the funniest that. parts of the film. Mm-hmm. So, but it's cute, and the kids the kids actually are the most enjoyable of this one. So, oh good, yeah, I really like Agnes in the first yeah, one. Yeah, Agnes so. is wonderful in this one too. So, beep 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 beep. <laughs> Um, that was it. That's pretty much all, all I did this week. Went and got our picked up our Halloween candy tonight. So, I saw your picture of that. Yes. Been eyeing those Disney <laughs> Disney candies for a long time. Did you time. get the Jack tonight, Skellington at uh, Walgreens? I did. There I saw it more, by the way. <laughs> oh, really? The big, tall, the six yeah, foot? Well, it was six like, foot, uh, I think it was, last, foot it was last week sometime. Oh, because I went in there tonight and they were all gone. Well, it was last week, so oh, okay. there was like one or two. Okay, we just saw. Well, like, oh, I bet that's. Where I told got you. It. you well, I told you the story behind that. That I kept eyeing it, kept eyeing it, and thinking, oh, twenty bucks. I don't know if I spend that much on it. And then I went in there one night, and it was marked down. Oh no, I don't think you did tell me about six that. bucks. I think, and then I had points on my Walgreens card, so it ended up being another five dollars off. <laughs> so I got it for like less than ten bucks, and I was like, wow, nice. this is great. That's cool. Well, yeah, same thing happened with the candy tonight. Is I went in there and I went, oh, it's marked down this week. I'll pick it up this week, and I so I got the two bags of candy and took it up, and I had bonus points on my card again, <laughs> and so I got all that candy for like four bucks. Nice. Yes. Um, what are you doing? He's trying to get an outlet. Why? Because he didn't bring his power shirt. Oh, he didn't. Ah, okay. Well, anyway, let's move on. <laughs> news! Wasn't any news this week, was there? Uh, just a couple things. Just a couple things? One, 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 one decent-sized one, one small anything. one. Uh, they released some pictures, for uh, promotional pictures of an adventure in space and time. Yeah. They look really good. They do look I'm good. a little... Just, the, the one person I'm not that impressed by from this picture is the yeah. guy playing Ian. Mm-hmm. I thought the same thing. He's almost too short. 
He shouldn't be as tall as yeah. uh, I, I, Barber in that shot. That didn't cross my mind. He's got a little bit of the look, Ian look, but just not as much like as everybody else. Yeah. That's the problem. Is there everybody else? I think his, really his hair is just not quite there. For Gemma maybe. Powell as plus he looks Hill grumpy, looks, and Ian always has this yeah. happy. Not, even when even, even when, when he's mad, grumpy, he, he has was, this yeah. pleasant look on his face. This guy looks grumpy. Yeah, but they look cool. Maybe behind the scenes, he was grumpy. <laughs> you you're making been? me take this dumb promotional photograph. My hair's not right. <laughs> yeah, those, so those were cool. Because that's totally how not Ian would talk. <laughs> oh! Quick segue. Guess who's in Pacific Rim? Uh, William Russell. William Russell? No. Oh. But this reminded me of that. <laughs> Owen from Torchwood. Oh, yeah, I knew that. Burn Gorman. Yeah. Do you know his name was Burn? Yeah. <laughs> He was in something else just recently, too. Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. Or yeah, Dark Knight Rises, Dark yeah. Rises. He was also on Game of Thrones. Yeah. A little bit. I expect him on Game of Thrones, though. But yeah. I didn't. Well, he's weird, so Game of Thrones, yeah, that's tie-in. But yeah, no, he just, he, he showed up and we went, oh! I mean, he was in the same scene with Charlie Day, so I guess we probably should have been more amazed by that, but it was like, well, he's been off tor- Torchwood for like eight years now, so... Yeah. It's, it's nice that he's finally getting movie roles. I get excited any time a Doctor Who actor ah, shows up okay. in something. I got you. You should have heard the squee when Tom Baker appeared in Golden Voyages in bed. <laughs> <laughs> and Remington Steel. And Dungeons and Dragons. And I'm going to bring it up no, every time. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't happen. There was no Dungeons and Dragons movie. Well, there was also a, a little trailer that was released. Why do you guys insist on doing this? Everybody knows guys, we're going to yeah. talk about it. What did you guys it? think of that trailer? I thought it was awesome. I really liked it. I've watched it like 9,000 times. I, I was pissed the first two I times I watched too. it. I was too. I did the same was thing. I went, where are all my doctors? Where are all my doctors? Second time. Oh, well, I, okay, I missed him. I, mean, I, there's I, no I, I caught I everybody him first time. but eight until I finally showed it to someone else. Where are the rest of the doctors? On the big TV. And then on the third viewing, I went, oh, wait, well, there's another one. And then... I went through that thing five times, and I kept going, why didn't they include the second doctor? He why did. on earth did they not include the second doctor? And it wasn't until like the fifth view, and I went back, and I went, oh, how did I miss that? He's standing at the end of that tunnel playing a recorder. With the Himalayans. A nice yeah. little... Uh, oh, yeah. there's so much in this. Yeah. I love oh, the... I know. Did you guys see the breakdown with the pictures? Yes. yes. That was, I was nice, really because I, even after watching it like seven or eight times, there was... I still learned a ton more things oh, that I yeah. was missing when watching Well, the, the, the first time you watch it, it's just sucker-punched, because you're like, oh, wow, oh, oh, oh. Your, your, brain's, your, your brain's literally on stutter mode going, why did I just watch? Play it again. So you play it again, and it washes over you, and you're kind of just basking in the gloriousness of it. Times three through 50, you begin to start pulling things out of it, going, oh, right. there's that, right. and there's that. Right. There was still a lot of stuff that I didn't notice. I didn't see until, yeah. like, the key to time. Right. Yeah, I had no Ooh. idea that was in there. I didn't know until I played it on the big screen. I didn't realize that that big globular thing right in the middle of the screen was a fez right at the beginning. Oh, yeah. It almost worked, didn't it? <laughs> just don't just don't yank suddenly. Well, you don't want to bring it all the way up there, dude. It's got to, it's got to rest up against you the... You should rotate the chair around so it goes over the chair. Nobody needs to hear our technical <laughs> Oh, See, I didn't realize the brain... perfectly fine. the brain, brain of Morbius was in it. Morbius is in it? But it could be the doctor's hand. It's hard to tell. Well, here's the thing is, I'm, I'm going to say this right now, is Sean will keep archaeology in this thing till 
I don't think he. I don't, I don't think he needs to. But somebody the, else. <laughs> that's just it. There's that's the, what the, this is. That known. one that 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 is out that we saw on Tumblr. I saw on Tumblr that, that breaks that Rachel it down. Posted and that, yeah, and, and thank you, yeah. Rachel. By the way, that one breaks it down enough that there's one or two things that are on there that I go. Okay, you might be reaching. That there. might be a stretch. There, there yeah. was here's one the thing that I is, saw disputed. It's going to get. Sure. It's going to get even more. It's going to get worse than that as we go. People are going to start seeing things that are just blobs. <laughs> so I mean, I'm just warning you right now. I'm I'm looking at that list and minus three. I'm going okay. That's everything that's in there. So minus three. I'm curious which three. I can't remember what they were. <laughs> so is is John Hurt the cop? I don't think no, it is. I don't think John Hurt's. The cop. I think it's just the picture of the actual cop. I do cop. too. I do too. Um, now his the guy whose back is to the camera. That possibly could be John. Hurt. See, a lot of people said that. I don't think it is. I, I, I could see the brig in that. I, I agree with that article. I think it's. I think it's Inferno Brig because of the uniform. I yes. don't think it's John. That, Hurt. that article also put the thing up on the far cliff that looked like a spider, as like eight legs from the night of the, oh, sp- planet, planet planet of the spiders. spiders. Others I've seen pointed out as Rachnos. From Runaway Bride. Depends on if you're a new series fan or an old so, series I mean, fan. Some, some of this stuff, I think, can go either way. Yeah, It's a spider. <laughs> I definitely noticed in Squeed at the... Uh, it's the Wild Wild West spider. That's what I'm calling it. The robot from Robots of Death. Yeah. yeah. The Vox robot. very noticeable. It's, it's, yeah, it's, right it's front and center. It got more screen time Which, than Paul it, McGann. That's just it. It's, that's one of those things that I, I was a little miffed the first time I watched it because I missed so many of the doctors. And then when I watched it the second time, I oh, there they are. And then or there's there there's him. There's him. And then it realized, then it washed over me. And I was like, okay, they are in here. And then it was like, why aren't they more prevalent, though? Yeah. It's like we, we, got we focused one, on one. Two, barely two. That's why I won't count two because I think two is just, it's a silhouette. You have to really know who that is standing down there. So one. But he was at least on his own. And then they went right to four. And I thought, okay, that, that probably made, no, I thought that kind of makes sense because he's probably one of the best known yeah. doctors. I mean, worldwide. Yeah. So he's probably, it might be the most popular classic doctor. So I, I understood that. And then I thought, but wow, you kind of shorted Pertwee. He's one of my, oh, there's Pertwee. You know, so then he Which pops up. Which his face looked really weird to me. And so. Anybody else? Uh, he was so. the only one I didn't think they quite got the look yeah. in the in the uh, whatever three D. I, I was okay face. with it because it wasn't that Im- that promotional image. image of him going. Yeah, because <laughs> I really don't like that photo. And then um, the goofy but face. Then, yeah, but then they rush through, and you get. I caught a glimpse of nine, the second or third time. Five was pretty there. Then yeah, five. five, was, oh, five, five, five was there obviously profile. the first five, time. And yeah, five and but, six, he, but he, he's lit well enough. Seven is doing the six. I totally did not see the first two or three back times. Here. Yeah, six is seven. I missed until I got to this. Uh, I thought eight was initially the, the 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 corner of a head behind nope. nine. Um, Thankfully, but then we go right to ten and we go to eleven. Chucked back in the corner. and ten and eleven makes sense because they're the stars of the special that's coming up. But that was one of those things. That I, thought, I just, I, if you're going to do a trailer like this, let's show the, let's show those guys as let's make them as important as we did four um, and three. At and least one give them all and, their equal amount of time. Yeah, it just it seems like it, it, it almost has a. The it's way like they we treated, just washed over the fifth, sixth, and seventh, and it's eighth. Kind doctors. of the way they treated them in the day of the doctor too, or not day of the doctor, name of the doctor. Well, I guess that's true because we they just were, barely we, we see all thought them they were well. very shortchanged yeah. there as well. Yeah, I and been. I still contest that nine was or eight was overly ripped off in name of the doctor screen yeah. time because you don't ever see actually well, see his face. We don't see six's face. Either. Yeah, but you only see the coat. Yeah, you can, there's there's nothing distinguishable there about eight in name of the doctor. name of the doctor. 
That's another argument for another time that we've already had. <laughs> but, but I still get goosebumps. I get goosebumps, even, and then I get disappointed the, that I don't see them. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Because you them. can freeze frame that one instant that doesn't count. Yeah. It's, so it, anyway, there's going to be more picking a part of this, it, and people are going to start be, seeing things that aren't there because they want to see them. And I think so. what this is going to do, I think, I w- at this point, I'm okay if we don't get an actual trailer. Because they released this with so many Easter eggs, knowing that fans are going to delve into this and rip it apart, and they're going to spend the next month well, watching you, this. When I saw this Dog trailer, when I saw this trailer, my first thought was all the balls in the air that that Sean talked about last week. So could go either way. Dog and pony show, tip of the iceberg, friends. Tip of the iceberg. Then I'll have time left, though. <laughs> We're almost <laughs> too much. More. It's all in the special. We're two days away from a month away. Do you know even Amazon? Even Amazon's playing ball because you can pre-order uh, Day of the Doctor now, and all it says is starring, and it says various artists. <laughs> That's all they'll I give you. I don't know you. where I saw something <laughs> listing the Day of the Do- Doctor uh, pre-order, and it listed everybody, but it listed people that couldn't, po- like Sarah Jane Smith, and. The Brig, people that couldn't possibly be in it, you know, or Nicholas Courtney. No, people that couldn't possibly be in it. But it was, I think it's their generic, it's, it's Doctor, Doctor Who, Who cut face. <laughs> yeah, yeah if, it, it, up at the top it says starring various artists, and then if you get down to the bottom, it'll list the people that have been confirmed and various artists. Mm. That's all it'll say, and it's like, all right, marketing department, <laughs> you're playing these close to the vest. I want to see how this is going to pan out. Hmm. All right. Anything else on the trailer? It's gooey goodness. It is gooey goodness. It is right, gooey. Let's move gooey, on to awesome goodness. I did, I did like the three sword fighting. Well, Stay over there nice, then. Nice thing that they did. Yeah. With Delgado's doctor or doctor master. Yes. The back to him. Okay, so uh, a proposition question for you guys. So, about an hour before showtime. Lightning struck my brain, <laughs> and I knew instantly what the feedback song for tonight was going to be, and I was so pleased. It is not written. <laughs> do you want what I got, or do you just want to blow it off and say, nah, don't disappoint us with a half-finished idea? Well, that's tough. That is tough. What's going to be less disappointment? I still think you should save it for next week. I can't save it for you next week. You can still save it for no, next week. No, I can't save it for next so week. So it's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. <laughs> uh, I'd rather have something than nothing. I'd rather have something than nothing, then. So would our listeners. We're speaking for our listeners. Apparently it's going to be nothing. Quick <laughs> <laughs> news. Cheap, 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 cheap. Okay. Uh, this is this is not my seat flash. Somebody talked me into doing something no. different than what I normally I also do. thought it was great that Sarah Jane got her, her yeah. own very special time. And I like that they pull back and they pull back to it, and it's uh, it's Clara, Clara there too. But the reflection is still Sarah Jane. Yeah, I thought that was kind of odd. I think that was an accident, <laughs> probably. Like they didn't render all of it. No, like they, they just, just forgot, forgot to put Clara's reflection in there when they went back to her. Did, uh, oh, 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 one final thing on that trailer. I'm just coming time until he's ready. So. The wig looks horrible. Which Oh, yeah. Matt's totally wig looks horrible. Looks horrible. 
Hopefully, it's just for that trailer that looks horrible and it won't look that bad. And then, oh, from the because pictures. I, well, I saw two set pictures from uh, the Christmas special, and they weren't real close up. The but I was going, hey, that looks like his hair. That's good. And so I was excited because I thought, okay, they got the wig right. Then when I saw it in this with the closer shots, I thought, oh, no. Looking at it, they didn't. It looks like it's too far back. Because you can almost see in the still picture the shaved part right here. Uh, can you? I didn't notice that. I didn't notice it now until but you mentioned it. It looks, it looks like a wig in the, in the, in the trailer. So. Which obviously they must have shot that after. Yeah. Yeah. So. But, the, but see, I thought this close up. At the end, when he's pointing upward, looks total wig, wig. But it, I don't it's think too looks, rounded. I don't His think hair's too bad. round. Wig. His, His hair's hair too was... round. Look how it's shining off there. It's all plastic. I'm hoping it's a different wig. I hope somebody grabbed a wig off the shelf to shoot this trailer. I'm just saying. Look that, how plastic it looks. Looks better than this wig. That one looks bad too. I don't. I don't think the other that one, one looks more least, like Matt Smith's hair just though. It. Than no, this they one. they at least attempted the hairstyle in this one. This one, it's like they got this plastic. I think you need to go back and relook at season. I think seven. they did a His good job. Perfectly coiffed. The I think they did. Time. I think they did a good. <laughs> and most of season six, his hair is perfect the entire time. <laughs> oh no, it's not. Ninety percent of the time, it's no, pretty. Not even ninety. Com- compared to season five, no, can you say ninety. man crush? Sure, yeah. I knew that you could. Yeah. Studying for cosplay. Wow. Yeah. Sure, we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> perfectly coiffed. <laughs> you ready, Sean? At least I his like hair it. is going to look better than Tens, most likely. Okay, so you're Matt guy. When I plug my headphones in, I have sound. When they're not in, I don't have sound. What's the deal? Oh, that's weird. Why'd you call me Matt? Oh, Matt. There it goes. Because you're Mac guy. Didn't we do this? No. Or did you just talk about doing this? Maybe I'm having a bit of a deal. Stumble out of bed and stumble to the TV. Start myself a series one DVD. Yawn and stretch and try to come to life. Jump in the vortex and the theories start flowing out on the web. And feedback starts jumping with folks like me watching Doctor Who. And Nine is fine. Doctor Nine is fine. What a way to reboot the series. And that's all I got. That was pretty good. That was good. I liked it. That's why I couldn't do it next week because it's. I still think you could have done it. It's nice. No, it's nice. We, we pay tribute to all the doctors all the time. Yes, we do, and none more so than eight. <laughs> and Eleven's hair, but <laughs> and bow tie. All right, who's first? First up, new writer, London Eye. He says We're getting feedback from the Ferris wheel. Apparently, that's cool. Hello, Vortexian. Vortexans. Vortexans. No. Vortexans. No, we're not. We're Vorkansans. <laughs> I hope this reaches you. No, I'm not certain. I could not find an email address anywhere on your website, but I did find an email on a, in a web page that is from two years ago that might work. It did. It did. And, I was and, on... and we've updated the website slightly to make that slightly <laughs> easier to find. Actually, we just changed it to the fact that it's feedback. You still have to fill out a form to for more websites. There's still no actual... Well, email uh, email make, make a note of that and fix changes that. Them. There's a button. There should be a button. There's a reason why there's not an actual button website. Or a, yeah. Why? No, so that we spam. don't get spammed. That's why there's a form. More than we already do. But if you're listening to the show right now, you can send feedback to traveling uh, feedback, feedback at, at travelingthevortex.com. There's a reason why we don't put it on the website. Oh. Nefarious 
programmers and spam bots and all kinds Nigerian of, bankers. Yeah, Nigerian Just bankers. Ignore the dates on the feedback page. So some Nigerian banker is going to try to get all of us and tell us that we, they have missing Doctor Who episodes. <laughs> please contact please them contact with our credit card numbers. Yeah. I'd buy that for a dollar. He says, I was on the edge of ordering any new Who episodes on iTunes. In fact, I was pretty much on the negative side, and I felt it was a mistake for the BBC to release the episodes on iTunes only instead of Google Play or some other such method seeing how iTunes only works on the hardware of just one manufacturer, and Google Play and a, and other are a lot more universal. I know some others were holding out for the DVDs due to this new-slash-old episodes not being released in a more widely available-slash-useful video format. And that's a really good point. I didn't think of that. Why didn't they release it on, like, digitally on Amazon? Cost. It's, it's all cost factors. I mean, it, let's let's be fair. Yes, it would have been nice to have it on multiple platforms. iTunes gave them the best deal. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what it was. They already had a contract with iTunes, yeah. and yeah. Well, I, I'm sorry that it worked out that way, and, I, and I'm I'm not going to be an apologist because I'm a I'm an Apple fan, but that's simply what happened. And I'm sorry that the other people that have other formats that don't like iTunes, like Sean, um, didn't have an opportunity to get any other way. But that's simply what happened. So. I hate iTunes, but I've come to regard it as kind of like Ticketmaster. If you're going to go to a concert, you're going to have to shell out the money to somebody. <laughs> it's, exactly. it's, it's the exactly. evil that is, you know. What format do those download on, uh, on iTunes? I think they're M- MP4s. They're not MP4. They're like MK4, I think. Oh. So sound right. iTunes MK4. proprietary so M- lock stock. I think MK4 well, are the, seven, like the actual HD files. No, MK4 is their, uh, is their? digital... Uh, uh, what do they call it? Licensing. Licensing. I mean, that's how they mm. protected files. Any, MP4s okay. are unprotected. MK4s oh, okay. are, are protected. I, gotcha. I think I have the right file extension, but I, I can't remember for sure. MKV is that the HD one? I'm thinking. Might of? be a, MKV. Might be the HD version. The yeah. one that Xboxes and Playstations don't like to recognize. Could be. That's MKV. That could be. Okay. Yeah. Oh, anyway, she continues. However, listening to your podcast a couple hours ago sent me back the other way, and I'm in the middle of downloading all seven episodes of Enemy of the World. I have sent a screenshot to the, of the download project process. You will see the download in process at the top of the screen. One first one partially done out of seven. Not sure if this will do. Let me know if you need another screen capture. I'll get the DVD too, of course. Thanks for this contest. I hope I get a weeping angel. <laughs> Mayor of Ulthar. And that's his Twitter handle as well, I believe. And yes, thank you very much, Mayor. I am so excited, so excited that you took my advice into this, and thank you so much for downloading it. He sent in more, though. He said, <laughs> "But I sent, that's not all." He sent in. He said, "I sent my first email after hearing half the podcast. I listened to the rest this morning. You you discussed fires of Vulcan. At one point, I, it discussed. It was discussed that it might be a good introduction to someone who has no familiarity with Doctors One through Seven at all." It so happens that I bought it for someone to listen to on a long road trip with just that idea in mind a few weeks ago. <laughs> she loved it, though she has no idea or preconception concerning the 7th Mel or anything like that. Which is it's testament to the fact that it gives you enough entertainment that you don't have to know background yeah. of these episodes, but, but of these uh, characters, but it does a nice job. It's a job well-written enough story yeah. that you yeah. can jump in and be fine. That's awesome. It is awesome. That is so, a nice job. Very cool. 
and way to spread the word. <laughs> so did you mark him down? Did you put tick marks on yep, his yep. for his entries? Do you have a list of how many people we have so um, far? Yeah. Just to give an update to people. I just noticed that I have been favoring in another mailbox that's flagged. I think I have eight so far. One. People two, or entries? Three. Uh, people. Entr- because now everybody has two except for one person. So I'm not counting entries. I'm counting people right now. We'll weed we'll down the entries, entries as we go. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, Brittany, Brenda, Holly, London Eye, Chrissy. I have one more, but it's not in my flags. So I'll have to go back and double check. Oh, Michelle, I think, was the other one. Yeah, I think she did too. Yeah. Well, well yeah. I've got a list. I won't overlook you, I promise. Next up, Lisa. He said nefariously. (laughs) Lisa writes, howdy hosts of Traveling the Vortex and their listeners. Lisa on the Lost Coast here with a few more squirreling to share. I've been enjoying all your discussing Doctor Who across various platforms as Day of the Doctor approaches. The anticipation builds. Now, down to business. How will the 50th anniversary start? Will the Doctor and Clara have escaped his time stream, or will Jenny, Vastra, and Strax have taken the TARDIS back to Victorian London when we start from there? River says to the Doctor, in the name of the Doctor, use the TARDIS to rescue Clara. Is this what the Tenth Doctor is going to be doing? Things don't happen in Who until they happen, so Ten could be having his current adventure and what is the Doctor's past, but for us, with not being t- uh, time not being in a straight line at all, is happening now in our time for David Tennant's Doctor. Not said well. No, it was, I, and I, I agree. Got it. Yeah. I think so. I think that's how it'll open. Uh, kind of like how River's past, the Doctor's future has happened for her, but not for him, us yet. Not sure if that's well said either. <laughs> Three, what are the Zygons doing in this episode? I don't know if enough about them to squirrel on them. The same with Omega. Note the symbol of the cleric army, including River's uniform, which talks with Amy at the end of Angels Take Manhattan, or the banner in A Good Man Goes to War, and it's Omega, the Greek symbol. I'm going to jump in here because I really simply think that's the Alpha Omega Christian idea, that the, the beginning and the end, I don't think that it's necessarily going to be directly related to Omega. I'd be, I'd be happy to see that it was, but I think that's the, the whole Christianity idea because we're dealing with a church, Omega being the end, the all-powerful, the end of the church. We talked about the evolution of the church and weeping angels as well. So. I still think it'd be cool if Omega or, uh, came back. Time of angels. Yes, I would love to see it. <laughs> Four, what are the Cybermen doing in this episode? Are Working Cyber? with the Daleks? A lead into the Christmas episode? Could it also include Craig because he and the Doctor are so fun together and that would double down on the tragedy that leads to regeneration? Is it pesky Cybermen or is it a Cybermite? Five, on John Hurts the Doctor or not the Doctor. When he and Matt Smith were talking in name of the doctor, we immediately came to my mind was Robert McNamara and what he said in The Fog of War, a great documentary, when discussing his role in planning the firebombing of cities in Germany and Japan during World War II. Quote, you only get tried as a war criminal if you're on the losing side. End quote. Sometimes you just have to do what has to be done, no matter how terrible. John Hurt in name of the doctor. I did what I did in the name of peace and sanity. Very existential. Is this why the Doctor is not so happy with himself? As we see in Amy's Choice in the God Complex, Room 11. Ooh, I didn't think about that connection. Moffat says all questions will be answered. I have a whole load of squirrels running through my head, so I wonder, how will we herd them all together and finish this story? A. Likewise, the TARDIS exploding in the Big Bang. Thank you. (laughs) The Doctor says, it's a question for another day. Is that day coming? The day of the Doctor, perhaps. B. Knowing Clara has saved him, will the Doctor try to prevent Clara from being converted into a Dalek? 
Could he rescue her post-conversion? Why is Clara in with the Daleks that fought the Doctor? Why is Oswin, uh, Oswin Oswald Clara with David Tennant's Doctor in Name of the Doctor? Is that the library they were in? Why does the Doctor in Name of the Doctor say they would never bury my wife out here? There was no body in the forest of dead. Who is the they he speaks of? And why does Clara set off the cold spot in Hyde? She steps on the circle the Doctor draws, and the machines go off downstairs, and then it gets cold everywhere. I didn't really think it was Clara that actually set that off, but I suppose it could have been. As if I don't have enough squirrels running around the cage, I have squirrels from Science of the Library and Forest of the Dead. Why does Cal, Charlotte, look so much like Clara? Or vice versa, Clara looks like the little girl. Brown eyes, straight red brown hair, parted on the left, round face, wears dresses with tights, serious eyebrows. Just observing post-series 7. Why does her dad have on a blue sweater and call her Sweetie? Who is this Feldman Lux, a fallen man, perhaps, who built this library and wanted his youngest daughter to be kept secret? Who is Straxman Lux, the person who paid for the expedition to the library? Why did River take this gig? And who is on her team? River is actually reading from a book at the end of Force of the Dead, whereas Donna only ever speaks of reading the children a story. Is this significant? Why is it not just the two children in the library's memory, but also Cal Charlotte at the end when River is reading to the children? Why did River say sh spoilers when David Tennant's doctor went to say that the one reason <coughs> he would tell anyone his name is? And does she have a future post-library Miss Evangelista said a copy of The Body is Saved for whenever you or the computer needs it? She was a data ghost uploaded from the Wi-Fi, just like Clara was uploaded in Bells of St. John. Or is that she learned his name, but not the significance of his sharing that with her? On to the next doctor. What will the new doctor be wearing? They do leather so well over there, but Nine had a leather jacket, so I'm thinking leather pants, boot cut with some real happening boots. <laughs> it's all about the shoes. We've had the mod doctor, 10, with his four buttons and converse. The ska rude boy doctor, 11, with his two tight trousers on the small side button-down shirt, spanners and boots. A teddy boy doctor in Pertwee with his velvet suits and frilly shirts. Is it time for a post-modern, post-punk, older gentleman look? Maybe he'll dress in a late 60s style smoking jacket <laughs> or a double breasted suit. Hugh Hefner, Doctor. Will he occasionally wear a kilt? They have big on the North Coast for more than a decade. Solid colors or pinstripe only, please. Otherwise, it'll not look like he's trying too hard, and that's simply not the Doctor. I don't know enough about the Scots to get a feel from him. The fact that Peter Capaldi said he's going to speak in his native Scottish accent in the show. Oh, I didn't see that. And what does the little bit Moffat recently spoke of regarding a Russell T. Davies' theory for why Peter Capaldi was in Who and Torchwood Universe's different people mean for the show. You heard that, right? Uh, what was that Russell about? T. Davies said that uh, there's a reason that Peter Capaldi was cast previously. Right. Then that he, he knows why, that he was going to be the Doctor. I don't know. Uh, now he's a third person in the universe, the Doctor. My squirrel has no idea what could be outside of seeing a face you, like you remember something somewhere and copying it. Which there would be precedent for that. With there the, would be a lot of precedent for that. Not necessarily on the Doctor's end, but... <laughs> Moffat has said the Doctor finds his mission in life in the 50th anniversary episode. Does this play into my belief that the Moffat master plan is explaining granddaughter Susan? Fighting Ooh. the Daleks. Clara Dalek is in with those who have fought the Doctor in the past. Will the Doctor find this out when he has had children who eventually have children of their own? Which one is Susan? Rivers says of the Doctor in Force of the Dead, that impossible man. Rivers, the impossible astronaut. Clara, the impossible girl. Cal Charlotte says of her, I'm a clever girl. Clara refers to the Doctor as clever boy. 
The family agenda. Having a family often gives people's life meaning, purpose, and direction. Claire was born to save the doctor. River was born to kill the doctor. Both freely give their lives to save the doctor. Clara says it's like she has had thousands of lives in name of the doctor. We see her mother in Victorian London and a different mother in current times in Rings of Octon. Who is this woman, Clara's mother, whose wedding ring is used in Rings of Octon, who tells Clara she will always find her and then dies when Clara is 16, just before who returns to our TV screen? Or is Moffat up to something else entirely? We had a preview of the Matt Smith Doctor in Sense of the Library and Force of the Dead. The 11th Doctor was going to have close personal relationship with this woman, Professor River Song. We've had no in-show clues that I know of at this time. Moffat's era, Science in the Library, Force of the Dead were the prologue with series 5, 6, and 7, ending with Matt Smith's regeneration being the trilogy. Making up the body of this Greek tragedy, I am convinced Moffat has been telling us. How five-star ballsy is it to tell a Greek tragedy with Doctor Who? (laughs) (laughs) Why do I say this? Moffat tells us in Science in the Library. The Doctor knows how River's story ends, and she may know the end of his story. So will we get an epilogue? Part of which takes place in or explains more about the library and the man who created it to save his youngest daughter to give her a life of sorts. Very excited about new old Who and looking forward to all of you discussing them at length. I think the black and white is simply gorgeous. On the Lost Episodes Found. Does anyone else think Claire's outfit while talking to Hartnell in Name of the Doctor may be based on something in more Lost episodes not yet made available? Mm-hmm. It is so not like anything else, whereas the outfit she wears could have come off the rack of any store at the time period predicted. Thanks again for reading my feedback and responding. The cats can't be bothered. <laughs> Lisa. P.S. Chrissy, thank you for mentioning my musings. No, I was not in any blogs back when Peter was coming, when Potter was coming out. I was either care providing for my late husband or recovering from the good, the bad, and the ugly of that adventure. I knowingly got on a ride of unknown length with no real idea what was going to happen during the ride, but being very certain there were no breaks and it was probably going to end with a brick wall of our own making. But I took the ride anyway. I was with my guy, William Magellan. We were trying to catch tomorrow with, and everybody needs a chief. See, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Is the river, is river the doctor's chief? If you really love and care about someone, you have to be willing to put what's best for them ahead of your desire to have just a moment more with them. Bah, life can be very hard, and there may not be any good choices. Live larger, dream bigger, and watch more who. (laughs) Lisa. I think that's a good motto. That's a very good motto. Thank you much, Lisa. Lisa, you make my brain hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Up next, Mark. All right. Mark writes. Okay, making sure there wasn't a subject line. The review by Chrissy of the Enemy World was spot on. We need more to who? To who? We need more to who? Meaning Doctor. Uh, I look forward to the time that they can recreate the lost episodes and new using holographic projections of the character. Imagine a 12 Doctor special. Something you mentioned Ooh. in th- <laughs> something you mentioned in the show got me thinking about hints Moffat may have been dropping about the found episodes. Great intelligence being the main hint. Others spring to mind instantly. One, Hyde. When watching Web of Fear, the mansion reminded me of Hyde. Is this tenuous? You're damn right it is. <laughs> after, all, after all, two plus two equals chair. Number two, Nightmare in Silver. Matt Smith taking on two roles as a direct reference, if you ask me. I know you didn't. 
That is a good point. A couple good points. Uh, that's as far as my thinking got. But I do wonder if any of the ghostly voices of past doctors in the doctors in the TARDIS console came from these and maybe other missing episodes. On to something else. Was it during your review of Fanny by Ghostlight or whatever it's called of Fire? I'm sorry. Well, yeah. Was it during your review of Fanny of Ghostlight? Fanny or, by Ghostlight. By Ghostlight. Thank you. Or whatever it's called. Or Fires of Vulcan when someone mentioned everyone loving Ace. Doesn't matter. Just letting you know how strong, how wrong that statement is. Or maybe it's me that's wrong in thinking Ace is one of the worst characters in Classic Who. I just can't stand to watch episodes with her in them. They make me cringe. Why must a strong female character be given male characteristics? Dress like a boy, give her a baseball bat, and let her call the doctor professor. Yeah, we created a strong, single-minded female character. Um, sorry, I found this abandoned soapbox lying around after your podcast, <laughs> and I just had to use it. These are my ramblings for the week. That's, that's an really interesting good point. Argument. Yeah, I never really kind of thought of it that way, but I don't know. We've we've had other strong women characters that don't necessarily behave like men. I think we've talked about Sarah Jane and certainly Leela. Well, I think that's but true, some but it's like Leela does because she's the savage s. Yeah, but I mean angle to her. I think that's apples and oranges. It's like bringing somebody in and then, well, we need another strong female character. How do we do it? Give her male characters. I can see the point. Yeah. I still like Ace a lot, but I still like Ace. <clears throat> we here all love Ace, but she may not be for everybody. Agreed. That's your official retraction. <laughs> <laughs> Helps if I click the right email. Up next, Robert. Robert writes in, comment, question, Sunday I'm going to be gr- a grand moth of a place like this. <laughs> Hello again. <laughs> Friday was my birthday. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. Happy birthday, Robert. So as a present to myself, I bought the Rift Tracks version of Doctor Who and the Daleks. It was well worth the $10. <laughs> Mike, Kevin, and Bill riff on the first Who movie. There's a running gag of Bill being a Who fan who sometimes needs to be sedated to get through the movie. <laughs> One of the bef- best riffs, a Star Wars South Park riff, is spoiled in the trailer, but there's still plenty to laugh at. Carl the Dalek is a bit of a jerk. Bit of a jerk, though. He'll just have to watch it to get that one. <laughs> That's all for now. Cool. I want to go pick that up myself now. I'm excited. I did. I was off my radar. I didn't realize. I forgot. They I, had, I knew they had done it. I think we had talked about it. Right. Did we? I think so. I'd forgotten. Up next, Doctor Phil. Send in some audio. Glenn, Sean, and Keith. Hey, this is Dr. Phil kind of chiming in. Um, getting caught up a little slowly. Um, darn it, I missed Project Twilight. Um, Big Finish, one of the joys of listening to Big Finish is that there's a lot of rewards for the long-time listener. And Project Twilight is one that I kind of followed from the very beginning of when I came in contact with Big Finish more than 10 years ago. And... Um, to give you some idea, I don't want to give um, terrible amounts of spoilers, but I think I want to give some guides as to episodes people might want to listen to to kind of catch certain threads and arcs because <laughs> some arcs that are set up in Project Twilight get paid off 10 years later in the Big Finish output, which is kind of amazing. Um, I recommend uh, Project Lazarus, which is the sequel to Project Twilight, um, which leads into arrangements for war because there's some things that go down in Project Lazarus that has fallout that, you know, you want to go to um, um, arrangements for war because it's a really, really great character arc for the relationship between the Sixth Doctor and Evelyn. 
And because you guys are big Back to the Future fans, you have to listen to the Marion Conspiracy. At some point, you'll see right away what's the big Back to the Future-ish um, element in it. But um, that's that's the beginning of the um, Evelyn uh, Sixth Doctor um, story. But what happens later is an ep- there's an there's an episode called um, Thicker Than Water, in which the Doctor has left traveling with Evelyn and is traveling with Mel and they go back and visit Evelyn. And at the end of that story, there's a bomb that's dropped about a connection between the whole project storyline and one of the seventh doctor companions, which then plays out um, in project destiny. And the fallout from that is uh, death in the family, which is a fabulous, stunning audio but that even goes on straight. That what's neat is from that point on, um, from um, Project Destiny, the arc involving Cassie, her son, um, the Forge, carries on into the rest of that trilogy, which is um, um, Project Destiny, um, Death in the Family. The third one in that one is not particularly interesting in that trilogy. But then the most, the more recent trilogy after that, which ends with Gods and Monsters kind of completes that story and um i am um, i think that's um protect and survive black and white and gods and monsters um so i highly recommend those um but if if you wanted to stick to the storyline about just the project twilight i would listen to twilight um project lazarus and arrangements for war because it is fabulous absolutely fabulous performances by um Colin Baker and Maggie Stables and anyway, it's it's some of my favorite big finish and um, it's I cannot believe I was behind and missed you getting to one of my favorites um, because I love the fact that the early big finish and you'll see this really up until the new series comes that they kind of hit more adult themes not not an adult in the Torchwood sense and hey the Forge came before Torchwood hmm that's an interesting twist isn't it um, but that you get kind of darker themes that you get in Big Finish after um, the new series comes back. And I think more recent Big Finish has gotten darker again, still, because it's really geared towards the older classic series audience, in a way. A more recent Big Finish, anyway. So, anyway, just some thoughts there. And um, really enjoyed um, the great news about uh, recovered Troughton episodes. I was going to try to hold out to get those on DVD, and I'm still keeping my fingers crossed, they're probably going to, hopefully that they'll animate the missing episode of Web of Fear, um, that was the the recon and um, the iTunes version, but I had to break down and buy Web of Fear, I haven't bought Enemy of the World yet, but Web of Fear was stunning and great, and I think I might have tweeted, and I suddenly got very sad when I got to the end of it, realizing that Nicholas Courtney didn't live, live long enough to see his first story be returned, so that's a little heartbreaking. But anyway, any excuse to have a five-round rapid salute is always a good one. So anyway, keep up the great work, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Greetings, gentlemen. Dr. Phil here. Just sending back another thought on the Forge stories from Big Finish. Um, you've already listened to one, and you don't even know that you have. Um, that's not meant to be in any way condescending or insulting. It's just a bit of a surprise in that when you listen to Zagreus, the section in which Peter Davison plays the Reverend to Dr. Stone's experiments on the Dionysus Project, there's a clue, um, Dr. Stone contacts, kind of secretly, the Deputy Director. Now, it's not even doesn't even say the Forge, just the Deputy Director, who will find out, and this is no spoiler, really, 
that later Nimrod becomes deputy director of the forge. So it's a reference to that. And what gives it away is the fact that all of the music for that section of Zagreus is verbatim taken from Project Lazarus. So it's not going to give you any... You don't. You haven't missed any major plot points. It's just, oh, there's the forge up to something clandestine again. And to give you an idea also is the forge appears in Big Finish before Torchwood appears in New Doctor Who. So you can see it as kind of the prototype to Torchwood as opposed to the other way around. Um, as I think things were being alluded in the last discussion on Project Twilight. Um, anyway, the um, what's its uh, villain... In Nimrod, anyway, who I hope, well, I was well hoping would appear a number of more times in future stories, and um, hopefully you'll get a chance to hear some of them. I think you probably want a few more stories to go with the arc than just the project stories to make it work. But I think I left that in my other feedback. So, anyway, keep the great work, gentlemen. Sorry to be rambly this week. Bye. Thanks, Doctor Phil. It's good to hear from you again. Yeah. Be careful driving. I can hear those windshield wipers. Windshield wipers in the background, that last one, yeah. And, and thanks for reminding me that I screwed up the scheduling again. <laughs> no, it sounds like this really... Maybe he hasn't got to that part of the podcast yet. I, I, no, it sounds, like, it sounds like a lot of this Project Twilight stuff is so spread out. Yeah, that it almost doesn't matter that we it doesn't do matter. Yeah. all together. It's so. going to... We're going to get long-term long You guys are reward. too kind. Yeah, long-term payoffs. Up next is Chrissy. Is that mine? That's yours. All right. Uh, is that the vote with your wallet? Yes. yes. Okay. Well, keep in mind that I've got a different listing than you have because I've also got the other ones. So. Uh, I got them all, too. You got them all. Okay. Chrissy writes, vote with your wallet. Dear Vortex Boys, who was it last week that said we're probably going to get bored next year? Was it Mark? Holy cow. It's like we're getting something cool every week leading up to the 50th. Two weeks ago, we got the little save the day bumper and hashtag. Last week, we got missing episodes recovered. This week, we get promo pictures for an adventure in space and time, which look fantastic, by the way. Are we sure that isn't a colorized photograph of William Hartnell from the 60s? <laughs> and a fantastic Where's Waldo-esque tribute trailer for the 50th anniversary. What a time to be a Doctor Who fan. Glenn did such a wonderful job last week encouraging everyone to purchase the No Longer Missing episodes on iTunes and DVD. However, I have a few words on the subject. Don't worry, it supports Glenn's campaign. <laughs> I'm only bringing this up because of that last-minute feedback Facebook comment you guys got at the end of the last week's show. Believe it or not, there are things other than Doctor Who that I'm a fan of. One of these things, and this might lessen your respect for me once I tell you this, but I have a point with it, is Sailor Moon. Oh. Keep going, Sean. Okay, okay. It's not for you. <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> I watched Sailor Moon. Loved it when I was in middle school. Still enjoy it as an adult. For about ten years, the Sailor Moon fandom went through some wilderness years of their own, although not nearly as long as Doctor Who did. And no one could find one stinking thing with the Sailor Moon logo or characters. No dolls, no toys, no books, and certainly no DVDs. The only way those things were available were online, and only if you spent hundreds of dollars on eBay or Amazon, and even then, most of the stuff was bootlegs and crappy knockoffs. I'm not sure if this was to do with licensing issues or what, but all that stuff was just gone. But all through this dry spell, the diehard fans still encourage people to buy officially licensed merchandise whenever possible, and not resort to bootlegs or torrents. 
The idea was that if the powers that be saw that there was still an audience for Sailor Moon, maybe they'd get some new stuff. A new DVD box set, or a re-release of the manga, or toys, or something. People were desperate. And then, miracle of miracles, there came an announcement that they would be re-releasing the manga, graphic novels, those who aren't familiar with the Japanese culture, with a new translation and new cover artwork. Then the news of new merchandise and toys started flooding the internet. And then, of all the improbable things, it was announced that there would be a brand new anime series based on the manga. The pleas from fandom continue even now. Buy the officially licensed products because we don't want it to go away again. The point in sharing this story is that the only way for companies to gauge interest in a particular franchise is if that franchise makes money for them. I don't care if you're a Doctor Who fan, a Sailor Moon fan, a Disney fan, a Dad's Army fan, or a fan of some unknown independent author living in their parents' basements praying that the ebook copies of their first novel sells well on a Smashwords and leads to a huge publishing contract. The fact remains that if you enjoy anything at all, you will be more likely to get more of it if you pay the people who make it. Nobody who makes these shows or writes these books or creates anything does it for free. Do you do your job for free? Didn't think so. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> we do this podcast for free. <laughs> That's it. We're going to start charging. That's our love and passion, though. Yeah. I'm going to share but, it with but, others. But... See, I made it funny, and now I can't find my place. <laughs> I know there are people, especially in the UK, complaining that they have to buy the digital copies of The Enemy of the World and The Web of Fear on iTunes when they pay the license fees and whatever. But as I understand it, the license fee goes toward the side of the BBC that's currently producing new content for TV. It does not go to BBC Worldwide, which is a completely different entity that produces and markets the merchandise, including classic Who DVDs and digital downloads, and I think they also negotiate contracts for BBC programs available on Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Hulu+. Plus. So they're probably the arm of the BBC that just gets into the talks about what happens when missing episodes are found, because they're the ones who ultimately be paying for these tapes to be returned, restored, marketed, and sold to paying customers. Now, don't get all worked up about it, because your license fees in 2013 don't entitle you a free copy of a show that was made in 1967. Buy it like the rest of us, and help support the show you profess to love. Even if you're a fan only of Classic Who, and totally hate the new series, show that you still care for the older episodes and have enough respect for it to purchase a legal copy. If nothing else, you won't have to worry about the viruses that get tacked on the torrents. I've been buying stuff off from iTunes for a few years now, and I've never had that worry. Bottom line, if people want more Doctor Who, and especially if they want more effort put into finding missing episodes, because BBC Worldwide will see the monetary value in such finds, the very best way to do that is to buy the official releases on iTunes and or DVD. If you can buy both, great. If you can only get one format, that's fine. If you can't afford either, bring some popcorn over to my house, and we'll have a viewing party. <laughs> Whew, I'm off that soapbox now. Time for some Ninth Doctor retrospecting. You know, I want to interrupt real quick. She brings up some very great points. And I want to add on an additional point of the, the people who pay BBC license fees don't expect free copies of Spirit from Space. Why should they expect, why should they get this too? I don't, I don't pay a license. This is my point. <laughs> Continue. I live in the States. Uh, uh, time for some Ninth Doctor retrospecting. Yes, I spelled it that way on purpose. The Ninth Doctor Revisited. Good special. Good overview of the main characters. I'm surprised they talk about Jackie Tyler in the companion segment. 
seeing as they did talk about Mickey and Captain Jack as well as Rose, and I would have thought there was enough to cover with those three. But whatever, maybe they're just trying to fill out time, since they only talked about Daleks in the villains segment. Though what's interesting about this is that it was a pretty well-rounded special, but there was more discussion of this one season of Doctor Who than there was in three seasons in Sylvester McCoy's era. Maybe it was just the novelty of the New Who revival? I have no idea. Ninth Doctor Retrospective. Seeing as the Ninth Doctor was the first Doctor I ever saw, I do have a soft spot for him. This is the reason I started with, and what this is the season I started with, and what got me into the series to begin with. And that is mostly down to the fact that Rose is such a great character and a compelling companion. I credit the first two episodes of the series, Rose and the End of the World, with getting me into Doctor Who in the first place. If those two episodes hadn't been as good as they were, I would have gone off and found something else to watch, and I wouldn't be in this fandom at all. I imagine that there was a lot riding on this first season, and I have no doubt that RTD knew that as well as anybody. Now, I know the history of the show and the tremendous effort it took in getting the show back on TV. Rewatching some of these Ninth Doctor episodes takes on a lot more meaning, and I can see the love and respect that everyone gives it. But the first time I saw it, all I saw was an entertaining show with likable characters and engaging stories. Yes, even the ones with the Slitheen. And that's what I came for. Three years later, at least for me it's been three years, I'm sitting here writing an email to be read on a podcast about Doctor Who. So the Ninth Doctor must have done something right. Right? Well, I think I've annoyed enough people for one week. Sorry for the length of my feedback. So I'll turn the podcast back over to our esteemed hosts, and I'll be back next week. Chrissy. Very good, Chrissy. As always, thank you much. Yes, and thank you for uh, supporting my uh, campaign. (laughs) Up next, Michelle. Michelle writes, nine is more than fine. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, will call that a win. (laughs) I totally didn't see that before I wrote that. Hey, guys. I wanted to send in audio feedback, but chickened out of actually recording it. Next time, I promise. You have my permission to yell at me if I don't. I have a suggestion. Switch Warriors of the Deep and Terror of the Zygons on the Friday Night Who schedule. That means you would review Terror of the Zygons in October leading up to Halloween and gives you an excuse to push the review of Death's Deal to November with the rest of your 10th Doctor celebrations. I confess, I have an ulterior motive. I will be meeting Peter Davison at Reverse the Polarity the weekend of November 1st, and thought it would be better if I watched this one, watched one of his stories for Friday Night Who. It's just a suggestion. Feel free to ignore me. On the subject of ghost light, there's a passage in the, pre- in the preface of Longborough, Longborough, a link to which is on this metal list. I'll include that, include that in the show notes. Oh, I guess i got to read it. Hang on. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Let me find it. Uh, Keith didn't prepare me. Sorry. I was sure. expecting there to be, uh, yeah. <laughs> so was I, actually. Um, Longborough, I can't find it on the list here. Wait, it's a passage? In the preface of Longborough. What is Longborough? Longborough is a book from, uh, I think, the uh, New Adventures. Not new. It's supposed not to be a very series. good one, too, supposedly, yeah. just because it's got... Uh, or it might be the end of the Eighth Doctor's run. I can't remember for sure. Oh, the page that the link sent me to was not right. So the links mm-hmm. in the page is not are not working. 
Okay, on the subject of ghost light, there's a passage in the preface of Lungborough, a link to which is on the metal, this metal list. So See, and I, I go the there link and she I gave us gives us to the metal list, and somewhere on the metal list there should be a link to Lungborough. That's what I'm looking for. None of my links are working. Well, I can't even find a link to Lungborough or... <clears throat> Lungborough. Ah, here we go. Find it. PDF EPUB. Click. You have to click it and then go to the link. Hmm? None of these are links for me. We'll figure it out. All right. Uh, She goes on to say, Now on to the Ninth Doctor. I haven't seen the Ninth Doctor revisited except for a promo, so I can't really comment on it other than the fact that Noel Clark and Stephen Moffat are in it. Nine was my first Doctor, and for that reason, I first started watching Doctor Who was because Christopher Eccleston had been in NBC's Heroes, and I'd been devastated that the show was canceled. So after a period of several months, I turned to Doctor Who and haven't looked back. Michelle. P.S. I am planning on sending audio reports from Reverse Polarity. Yay! Yay! I am also going to be a panelist on three panels over the weekend. I'll try to record those those two if I can. Here they are. Oh, these are the panels she's on, right? Okay, so she's doing uh, Fifth, The Tragic Doctor. Uh, she's doing When I Say Run, You Run, and <laughs> Science of Doctor Who. Okay, and so if you're if you're going to Reverse Polarity... Uh, the first one, fifth, the tragic doctor is Saturday from twelve to one. No, twelve to that's a two-hour panel. Yeah, twelve to two. And if you're going and you want to see when I say run, run, that's also that's also Saturday from ten to eleven. No, I'm, I'm reading those wrong. Sorry. Uh, Eight to nine o'clock p.m. and. Uh, Science of Doctor Who is Sunday at 3 to 4. And it's reversed polarity. Reversed polarity, yes. I'm sorry. I'm adding a line in there. Reversed polarity. Where is reversed polarity at? Must be in Toronto. I'm guessing in Canada Canada. somewhere. I'm looking it up now. All right. Well, good luck, Michelle. And yes, yes, absolutely, we'd love to hear anything that you uh, care to send us. Send us some reports, and we'll uh, we'll put those up. And also, uh, your panels. uh, Sometimes recording those are are tricky. Uh, We'll do what we can on those. Maybe we'll release those as side trips. That'd be fun. All right, who's next? Up next is Brenda. She writes in, Dear Vortex Gang, So it's time to weigh in on nine. Since you'll probably start recording in the next few minutes, if you haven't already begun, I don't you didn't have do, a lot. You didn't do your, t- your title. Oh, I didn't do it. The Minority Report. See, that's cool. the subject line. I think that's cool. <laughs> I don't have a lot of time in the f- to formulate my formulate witty thoughts, so I'll do the Reader's Digest condensed version. I wasn't much impressed with the Ninth Doctor Revisited special, not for what it presented, but rather for everything that was missing. I didn't expect Christopher Eccleston to make an appearance, but his absence did leave a huge hole in the coverage of his season. And to admit Billy Piper, RTD, Julie Garden, and Julie Gardner just piled up on the disappointment. The, quote, dark doctor with PTSD angle got pretty old fast. I would have preferred to hear about the journey getting the show back on the air, how the Time War came, idea came up, choosing the costume, the decision to focus on Rose's family, unlike previous companions, and it and any other of about a dozen angles. <laughs> and to feature that American collector dude with the Dalek was pretty much a wasted space. He had nothing to say that I cared to hear about. 
about the Ninth Doctor in general. I confess that he isn't a big favorite of mine, though I admit my reasons are pretty lame. I first saw Eccleson years ago in one of his early films, Shallow Grave. As a big fan of Ewan McGregor, I had sought out all of his films and found this 1994 movie that was Danny Boyle's first film. Eccleson's character in that film was really unlikable, so when I first saw him as a doctor, those negative feelings bled through for me. Then I didn't find a lot of warm, funny fuzzies in his portrayal of the doctor, so he really never caught on for me. I had a similar reaction to Tom Baker's doctor initially, but he did eventually develop some warmth. While Christopher Eccleston only had 13 episodes, so I didn't see much character development in him. I also never really believed the Rose Doctor romance angle. It just felt a bit icky to me. She was like she was practically a child and he was an old man. And I'm not talking about the Time Lord lifespan. I'm sure I'm in the minority here, but you, I'm, but you always encourage us to express our opinions. While the Empty Child Doctor Dancers are my favorite episodes of the seasons... Season, I voted for Dalek as the most representative because it really showed the damaged Doctor. But even in that story, I found his utter panic when he first encountered a Dalek to be difficult to buy. It just seemed a bit over the top as compared to his behavior during the rest of the season. Oh well, that was a condensed version of my feedback. Maybe I'll send some updated thoughts next week when I have a bit more time to to think about it. Have a great week. Brenda in Atlanta. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you, Brenda. And I'll touch on a few things that you talked about. Uh, when we do our retrospective. Up next is Holly. Holly writes, Ninth Doctor era, bridge to springboard. Hi, guys. The retrospective on the Ninth Doctor was good. It was nice to see them interview Noel Clark for his retrospective. I also find it rather interesting the insights that the actor who played Van Satin had to say about the Doctor, along with Neil Gaiman and Stephen Moffat. It was really hard to choose an overall episode that fits the Ninth Doctor for me because, well, they're all so good and show many facets of his character. I'll keep this email short because I'm sure there's a lot more feedback to be had. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on the Ninth Doctor's era. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Holly. And finally, we have one more bit of feedback from Dr. Phil. Hey, Keith, Sean, and Glenn. It's Dr. Phil just chiming in after watching the Doctors Revisited the Ninth Doctor. And... Um, I would say this one's been a vast improvement over the last few of them, but I think since number four, I've kind of uh, not been particularly impressed with them. I mean, there's a lot of, of jazz hands and pizzazz with the production value of the documentaries, but none of the remotely re- reaching the quality that you get from the two entertained classic DVD range documentaries on even the individual stories or eras, but I guess that's not really that important. Um but getting to watch Bad Wolf and Parting of the Ways, I'm still mad about one thing in regards to Parting of the Ways, and it's such a silly thing to be annoyed with, but I love Eccleston's exchange with the Daleks at the end of Bad Wolf, and if they just reprised the whole bit of his response to the Daleks of when he was said he was going to come and get Rose Tyler at the beginning of Parting of the Ways, I wouldn't have to watch all the reality TV spoofs. But anyway, that's... Shows interesting though at how much Ninth Doctor's era does look dated now, and we've we're almost we're getting close to a decade away from Eccleston as Doc as the Doctor, and it's kind of an interesting change. And I still think that the first year is probably the strongest year for the Doctor Rose relationship. I really don't think it goes anywhere particularly interesting, and it's not as doesn't have the depth that it does in the first series, and even. I think Jackie and Rose's relationship with her mentioning 
you know, to her when trying to get back to the doctor about how the doctor took her to see her father. You know, Father's Day is a very moving episode, but there's some great moments in Parting of the Ways. I mean, the end of Bad Wolf is fabulous, but the um, the moment when the doctor lies to Rose to get her in the TARDIS so he can send her home and you have emergency, um, um, whatever, the emergency sequence one or whatever, where, where the hologram of Eccleston is just fabulous and... You know, I think that in a way, um, Series 2, I like Tenet a good deal, but I think that um, I really would have loved another series of Eccleston in the same way that I would have liked another series of Tom Baker after um, John Nathan Turner uh, took over. Because there's something really good and magical about that first series of of new Doctor Who that kind of goes into kind of spectacle and less of substance. Um, in the following season, I mean, we get we get the we get a couple of great we get some great stories the next season. I'm not you know, I'm not not wanting to bash David Tennant. I think he ended up being a great doctor, and I think a great direction for the show to take. Even though I think his his departure was not as strong as it should as he as he the actor deserved. Um, but anyway, can't wait to hear what you guys have coming up. And glad that Sean had a great time in Maui. I haven't been there since I was sixteen and. Yeah, lots of fun times there. But anyway, you guys keep up the great work. Sorry for the last-minute feedback. But anyway, take care, guys. Bye. All right. Thanks, Dr. Phil. Uh, Just a couple of things that we should note before we move into our reviews of uh, the Doctor Revisited. And uh, we do want to mention uh, BritFest. You got some information on uh, British Fest in – is that in Omaha? Is that correct? Omaha, Nebraska. in Omaha, Nebraska. Coming up next year. Next year in June – um, June 27th, 28th, and 29th. Thank you, Keith. Uh, British Fest is uh, going to be run by our friend Moose. Uh, and uh, Moose uh, is a wonderful, uh, uh, first of all, a wonderful fan, and he does a lot of cosplay. He's appeared at Planet Comic Con. Uh, he was dressed as a male ace, and then he also uh, was at Galley as a very good second doctor. And uh, he's putting on an all-things British uh, convention, and it's going to have Doctor Who. It's going to have uh, stuff from Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and... Uh, the Avengers, anything British, culture, teller, I mean, the, the, the whole nine yards. Um, I guess the two big show pieces that he's got uh, are going to be the fourth Doctor's console, and he's actually going so far as to build part of the console room. So he'll have lighted roundels and the backdrop and the moving TARDIS console and, and, and the, whole, the whole shebang. Uh, he's got a robotic canine, and then he's also apparently building Bag End. I'm not quite sure how this is going to work. I would think that his wife would probably kick him out of the garage at some point. <laughs> but, hey, Moose, the, you know, best of luck to you with that one, and I look forward to seeing it. Um, we're talking about it, A, because we like to support our, our, our fellows uh, in these endeavors, and B, because we have been invited officially. Uh, so uh, the three of us will be heading up to Omaha, Nebraska, and uh, partaking. We will be part of British Fest next year. So we're, we're absolutely thrilled and honored and a little humbled. That, uh, that that he would ask us to come up because the last time I checked, none of us are British, but I suppose we have that connection uh, you know, through. <laughs> so I wasn't going to question it. So, uh, but yeah, we're going to be there, and uh, I couldn't be happier. I'm real excited about it. Very good. And then we we're going to have a shout out to uh, a local podcast that has recently gone on our uh, uh, radar. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, Sean and Max released uh, episode number forty nine of the Regal Geeks and gave us a shout out. And I listened to the episode; very entertaining, guys. Uh, 
anybody interested in looking into them, it, their website is smacks with two X M A S M A X X cast.com. It is an adult podcast language just FYI. <laughs> and some subjects, but it's, it reminds me a lot of listening to some of the Kevin Smith podcasts. They call that explicit. Explicit. Yes. But it reminds me of... Adult sounds like adult it's, entertainment. <laughs> it's, it's, well, I, I haven't listened to all their shows. I'm not talking about the one. <laughs> um, but it was very entertaining. It reminded me a lot of a Kevin Smith's Modcast episode. Uh, just kind of more actually geek-oriented. Um, the one I listened to, they were, he kind of gave a recap of the final episode of Breaking Bad after about two hours of tangents. Oh, my. So, <laughs> so they're worse than us on tangents. <laughs> and, and he had messaged me about it, too, saying that 49 was kind of an anomaly in their podcasting. A bit more tangents than normal because it had been a couple of weeks since they'd done it. I so see. I'm really looking forward to listening to more. I downloaded more, more episodes, so... And I think we'd also like to give a nod out to another podcast that we've discovered, which is the Geek Mind or Geek Mind Radio. Um, this is a uh, uh, now friend of ours, Lewis Schulfield. He actually uh, was looking for some Doctor Who fans and podcasters and whatnot, and he uh, sent us some questions that we answered uh, for his show. And you can give that a listen if you go to uh, thegeekmind.podomatic.com. You can go there and download the episode, episode 11, Doctor Who Madness. Uh, he kind of did a celebratory show for the 50th anniversary and uh, featured us and gave us a nice little plug, guys. So, oh, good. I, I um, downloaded it, but I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Yeah. So, and then he, you know, it's it, he's all over the place as far as uh, geek culture, and uh, he just covers everything. So, uh, nice job, uh, Lewis. And that's it. So, let's move on to our retrospective. Thanks for having us, Lewis. We appreciated it. So, what do we think of the revisited? I was waiting for you to give this, like, grand... I was waiting for the read the, uh, summary. Know, the summary. summary. Where's the summary oh, of oh, the... hold on, hold on. <laughs> no, sit down. <laughs> the Ninth Doctor Revisited. No, you don't have the Ninth Doctor Revisited on oh, there. You can't true. read that. What was he going to read? <laughs> I was going to read the box set. We're talking about Revisited first. Not the Here, here's the here's summary the of the Ninth <laughs> Doctor Revisited. 27 minutes of people who kind of sort of worked peripherally around the ninth season of Doctor Who. A couple of them were in the show. The Doctor wasn't here. Neither was the guy who was responsible for bringing it back. I think we said and this. The or the I think we. I think we said this. Or the main companion. I think we said this before. <laughs> but we're going to fill some airtime no. on BBC America. <laughs> we said this before is... The thing that we have to keep in mind is that we go into these things as already established fans that know much more than the average per- much, much, much more than the <laughs> average person on these things. These are simply designed to introduce people to the doctor who he is the first time. The people that they're getting are adequate to explain and talk about what's going on in this show. I agree with that. that. I, I don't, I, with we've we've also belly-egged unfortunately, us personally at Belliac, that we wanted to know more of the behind-the-scenes kind of stuff. The people that these are targeted towards are not those people that even care about the behind-the-scenes and, and unfortunately, Of all the behind-the-scenes I would love to hear, nine is more of it, because I know yeah, more about eight. I don't just know much it. about nine's behind-the-scenes. That's just it, but we're doing this a disservice because that's not what the revisiteds are for. The revisiteds are not for the diehard fans. It's not even for the casual fans. It's for the new viewers. It's for to introduce them to, to, these, to the doctor. And unfortunately, we go into these with this mentality every time, and I, I kind of feel bad about it because we kind of dog on it. 
And I think the also thing we have to look at is that I'm being apologetic this week for him, but I think the BBC you is... You hear that noise? That's BBC, Glenn dragging his soapbox back out BBC of the BBC America <laughs> is probably doing these on a shoestring budget. So that's why we don't go into a lot of effort to get the people that probably should be doing these, like um, Billy Piper, Chris Eccleston, RTD. They've also got other projects that are going on. This is probably the, the lowest thing on their radar as far as Doctor Who year stuff is... BBC America in the U- in in the US where we got so much other stuff going on. Sorry, Sean. The best found the, best, the best laid plans. It was fine and so why don't you just remember your parachute next time we have to go through this? Um, so let, let's take keep, a picture of this and show everybody what we keep talking let's about. Let's keep that in mind. In and I only say that now because I have gone back and watched some of the other retrospectives again. And they really, with the except, I think the eight is eighth is the one that really did get cheated the most, even from the perspective of trying to introduce the new fan. But when you look at that one, they have a hard time because of the fact that they're limited with what they can give you to set up that film. But I went back and I watched a lot of these again, and I realized that they all really are formulaic. They're unfortunately, who was it that pointed out that the ninth Doctor? They really did a good job of covering the ninth Doctor's era. The one year of Doctor Who. See, I didn't really think, but they did a job. But then they didn't do that good of a job with the Seventh Doctor. But uh, you know what? They're really it's it's basically basically what they've got to work with. And I'm going back and looking at these at a whole, and I'll probably do it again once we get to eleven. Looking at all these as a whole, they really are balanced out, and they give a nice enough flavor of each Doctor. <laughs> yeah, he used flavor again. It's my new favorite word. Uh, so. Did this one do a good job? It didn't do as good a job as I wanted it to, but I think it was fine. And the people that they interviewed, I'm glad they got Neil Gaiman. He's he's a a really good interview. Um, I thought the guy that played Van Staten was fine. I mean, he was. I have a problem with him being there. Considering how much they talked about Dalek. Well, that's just it. They let some. He let some things in there though that I didn't. Didn't specifically think came from Dalek. That kind of gave some perspective on the character. I thought he did a, a decent. I mean, just there was just one or two little things that he said about he, it. He had some fine anecdotes initially when I saw him. Yeah, I was like, oh, him. really? But he told entertaining stories and was I good. Know, Rick, he was because I didn't see the thing the first time. Go, you know, to explain who they were. <laughs> and so I just I I must have looked away at that time and looked back and I kept going. This guy looks really familiar. It wasn't until later on in the episode where they put his name down there again that I went, "Oh yeah, of course." That's, no wonder he's talking about Dalek so much. <laughs> so anyway, that's my take on it. What do you guys think? I thought it was for a revisited. It was an definite improvement. I think <laughs> improvement over eight. Yeah, I think it seems they focused on Dalek a lot, a little bit on Stephen Ma- on a. Uh, Doctor Dance's empty child. Mm-hmm. Reverse that, and then it's funny that Moffat didn't have anything to say about. Well, that. he no, he's the one that did. He's the one. Oh, that he did. did. Talk yeah, about he was, right. he was no, the he only did. one that yeah, talked. You're right. About he did. It. He was kind of like remember this awesome two parter yeah. I wrote. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Right, he did. He, he, was, he, he very was much good. polished that one off. <laughs> and was like, I'm not going to let you talk about Daleks the entire 22 minutes. They didn't, and, and they did, and then they talked about a little bit about the end, but they didn't talk a lot about the Slitheen. Or they didn't mention them at all. No, they didn't mention them at all. Um, they could have had talked a lot of... They could have spent more time talking about Father's Day, which would have been a great ex, uh, use of time and exploration of the Doctor at this time period. And they just didn't... I mean, the interviews with uh, Mickey and Jackie and Captain Jack were nice. I, I, I enjoyed that 
companion section. I just think they could have expounded on more. There's much more to his run than what they gave us. And I guess that's not entirely uncommon for these revisited specials, but I figured one, I guess part of my problem was that going into new series, I thought they would start amp- upping the game a little bit more. Uh, you know, I think I was in the same boat. because, I, And that's my own fault for going into it with preconceived notions. I, 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 <laughs> I should know better, better by, that, by now with Revisited. I looked at it and thought, okay, they're not going to get Eccleson. I didn't I, expect him I, at I'm all. I'm really not surprised that, that Billy Piper wasn't there either. I mean, these are busy people. I get that. I was a little surprised that they didn't talk to RTD at all. I would have thought that Maybe he didn't want to. Maybe he didn't want to. Maybe he was busy. I mean, he's got he's got fu- he's got a full play going on right now. Versus wizards or whatever that is. I, I'm with you. I thought the companion segment was fine. Well, he is doing that, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. And and I, I think we have a tendency to kind of go into them expecting the end all be all documentary of Doctor Who, and that's Which, certainly not what they're doing. It's designed to give you a taste. It's designed to give you a here's a sample, and it's even followed up by. A sample <laughs> of of that doctor's time frame. I think if somebody who hadn't seen the air like that, some it's hard to imagine this, but somebody who likes New Who but hasn't watched Christopher Eccleston, like I guess came on a tenant and never went back. I could see them watching the special and go, "Oh, okay, I'll watch that. I'll, I'll, I'll give that season a, a chance now." Well, and, that, and really, at the bottom line, that's what it needs to do. And I, th- I think that I th- what, what is most disappointing, I think, for me is the standpoint that the the first handful of these were so good and so well done. I mean, especially the Tom Baker one. I know we nitpicked the Tom Baker one because, well, they didn't really talk about this companion or this aspect of this history. But when you go back and look at it, they really covered a lot of ground in that half hour. They really did. They really managed to do a, a good chunk of work there. So how can you do that good a job talking about seven years <laughs> worth of television and do such a poor job dealing with 90 minutes of the TV movie or 13 episodes of Eccleson's era. Eccleson, I agree, it was a vast improvement over the one before, but it's still, I, 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 I kind of was with Keith. I expected, well, you know, the new series, this is where they've got all their ducks in a row. They know what they're doing from this point on. This ought to be fantastic. And it was good. It just it wasn't fantastic. And I really thought, especially being the ninth Doctor, it should have been fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Considering the catchphrase. It was the catchphrase. So, you know. They haven't wowed me for nine. So, for nine episodes that they've done of this. I thought so we were all, we were all very impressed by one and twos. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, they, I guess, yeah, well. But one and two so, down so on they three. Haven't, but we they also. They haven't wowed we, us for we, six episodes. But think about it. We also know the least oh, as true. fans as of one and two. That's very true. And that's we true. haven't seen that much of them, and we don't know their companions that much. And so we got out of it what the targeted audience got out. We're supposed to get out of it. It almost makes me wonder how, you know, they opened with David Tennant talking about the first Doctor and the second Doctor and the third Doctor. And I almost wonder if that was a targeted marketing response, not necessarily that we need to have him come in and talk about these doctors because he knows what he's talking about. I think but it was more of a It's a recognizable face, face yeah. and we're going to put him on there and people will start watching the show. If, if the guy I'm watching now is or, or know about uh, is talking about the first and second doctor, they must be important too. Right. So, yeah. 
That could be. I can see that. So, having said that, will we get Tennant back for the 10th? I don't know. I bet we will. I bet we won't see Matt Smith in 11. You don't think so? I, I think he's I'd too busy. I, I, oh, yeah, he's he's, he's already be... over here, though. He's... No, he's going back. Oh, is he going back to the Yeah, UK? he's going to be uh, Bateman. Not Bateman. Bateman, right? Doesn't matter. <laughs> don't IMDb it. End of a, end of a, end of a. No, because it's really weird. Yeah, I don't know. We'll talk about this when we get to him. Anyway, uh, let's move on to our overall retrospective of the Ninth Doctor. Um, what ended up winning the, the poll? Do you remember? Um, I don't remember. I don't know. Yeah, Patrick Bateman in a I'm sure it was version of a musical boy. of American Psycho. Oh, that's right. Psycho. He's doing American Psycho. Oh, is that right? Musical. That Bateman. That Bateman. <laughs> I'm sure it's uh, Empty Child. Well, let's see. I don't think it is. Ooh! No, it like? It's a tie. Oh. Oh. Empty Child, Dr. Dances, with 33% of the vote. Ties you with Dalek. You a lot of last-minute votes. For 33% of the vote. 14 votes apiece. Oh, wait, never mind. I was looking at the wrong line. <laughs> I saw 14 votes, 6 votes, and missed where it dipped down. Oh. I, I can't read. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> um, did you happen to notice our, our total number of voters from this poll? Mm-hmm. 42. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, it's the ultimate vote. Then. The ultimate vote number. <laughs> there he got it. Okay. <laughs> Actually, it's just the answer to the life. Theaters and everything, that's not the ultimate vote number. What'd you vote for, Glenn? I voted for Dalek. Um, unfortunately, I don't think I make any secret that my favorite story of the Ninth Doctor season is uh, the Doctor Dances, uh, the Empty Child and Doctor Dances. But I came down on the fact that I'm not sure. I, I think that that one. It, it was tough because that one shows. A lot of character in the Ninth Doctor, but I also think, as they discussed in the, the retrospective, or somebody said something to this fact that you know the, the story in that one is hope and salvation, and the nine, nine gets to do something that he doesn't normally get to do, and that's save everybody, and everybody lives, and there's no real villain in that one. So it says a lot to explore his character, but if I were to get a taste of the Doctor that, that, that we see... It doesn't see, really work as a No, overall. it doesn't, because if you get the taste of the Doctor that we really see, it's the the embattled Doctor in Dalek, who, in my opinion, he I don't think he went over the top. I think we were just getting all of that emotion that was building in the first half of the series, because this is, at least at that time, and until they prove us differently... In my mind's eye, he's the nearest to the event that was caused to wipe out the Time Lords and the Daleks in the, in the yeah. first place. He was the one that ended the Time War, now, or at least closest to it, that incarnation being closest to it. So I think there's a lot of that character that has to be dealt with in the Ninth Doctor's era, and I think Dalek kind of bubbles that all to the top and does a nice job of really hitting home what we've kind of had this undercurrent in all these stories we've had leading up to Dalek and what we kind of get back to by the time we get to um, the la- Parting of the Ways and, and or, uh, Bad Wolf and Parting of the Ways. I always do two-parters yeah, backwards do back in my head um, by that time as well. So it, I think it brings the, the undercurrent up to the surface really well. It gives us a good taste of who he is and what he's at this. I mean, we, we've known the Doctor for ever as with the exceptional as one or two times in maybe the fifth doctor's era uh 
and even in the Sixth Doctor's era, but the Doctor just doesn't use guns. But he's willing to take, do whatever means necessary in this one to take this dog. And it's even running down that hall at the end to, to save Rose with that gun. He's going to take that Dalek out. And so we even get that. We, we, we learn that there's still that aspect of the Doctor that, that, that bubbles to the surface. And this is, this is a Doctor who's willing to do anything in order to... Reach the end of the means of, of you know to, to what needs to be done for any situation. So I, I, I just think Dalek is the best example of, of of his character, his nature, his persona, his personality in this ninth incarnation. Keith, I agree with a lot of what Glenn is saying. I think it's the closest to the Time War Doctor that we've ever gotten in this story, and that's partially why I. Well, I love Dalek. I don't know if it's the most representative because it's him trying to come out of that persona. And this is him falling back into that warrior. Whereas other stories are him trying to get past that and get past being a warrior. And I think I I, I really can't choose one. I think somebody should just sit down and watch them all because they're all good. Um, but I and think to be honest, it's not as much Doctor Who to watch as most other Doctors. Well, yeah, there know. isn't. Uh, I think I think a great example that gets overlooked, some like Doctor Phil brought up, was is Father's Day. There's so many great things in that story that explores the Doctor as a character overall, and then this Doctor also, of him having to deal with this issue, but not really wanting to make Rose be the bad guy, and kind of becoming the victim also. It, I, I think there's a lot of great, great stuff in this one. And it really, for the new series, I think is a great new exploration for the time travel aspect of it. Yeah, we see the future. We go to the past. But then they go to the recent past. And it's such a great exploration and such a minefield for drama. That I think is a, just a great example. Well, this is the best example for a new viewer in that era of how um, this the repercussions of repercussions time. of yeah. time and how time travel really works. Yeah, it's going to faraway places and faraway times. Oh, but there are some realities that we have to deal with here, and that's I think part Ooh, of the ninth true. Doctor character is dealing with the realities of what's going on around him and what he's de- dealt with and moving past that. So, and I think that's a good example of ha- of him moving past it too. The, the the first season overall is such a, a wonderful story arc of these little dropped hints of what's going on and how we're going to get from A to B. It's not just the bad wolf, but it, it's the fact that we, we get the, the, the initial name drop, Time War. There was a war, a time war, all the way at the beginning, the, last the, the end of the end of the world. And then we find out more, and of course, you know, I'm the last of my I'm the last of my people, and we all perked up, went what? <laughs> okay, and so you kind of you have to keep, and then you get to Dalek, and they kind of they, okay, here it is, here's the, the the nugget of that. But then you get to Father's Day, which is about dealing with the ramifications of that, and the fact that the Time Lords aren't there to fix things anymore. So the, there's so much of the first season that's really well played out like that. Um, I have to go with End of the World. For, for most retrospect and, and kind of the same thing I think I think Glenn I thought you brought up some really interesting points with Dalek which I totally agree with all of it I, I absolutely 100% agree with it 
But kind of for the same reasons that, as much as I love it, I couldn't vote for Empty Child Doctor Dances. And I think what really Chris, I, I voted really late. I voted today on this one because <laughs> I struggled with it for a long time. And what, what what convinced me not to vote for Empty Child was what Stephen Moffat said in the retrospective, is that he wanted to do an episode where everybody lives. Just once he wanted to give the doctor that good day. But it's when you get that good day, you realize how crappy the rest of them are for him. I think yeah, that's part that's of why those two are so impactful. Yeah. Especially coming off the heels of Dalek and Father's Day, and it's just downbeat, downbeat, downbeat. It, it, it really speaks volumes to the Doctor as a character that in 900 years of doing this, okay, here's one day. You get one day where nothing bad happens, and it's a do-over, and it's something simple that we can fix, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, but that's why I couldn't vote for that one, because it is the anomaly. It is kind of outside the bounds of it. And, and Dalek, I kind of feel... Is the same way. I think it's while 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 Empty Child in the way is the the highest that the Doctor is. I think Dalek's kind of the lowest that he is during that first run, and that he I, like he said he kind of dips back into that time war angry uh, angry Doctor. But the end of the world has a couple things going for it that I think get really overlooked. I think first of all it's a good episode. It's well written. Yeah, kind of got a dodgy villain, but th- that's not uncommon with the with the season. We get a great Doctor Companion dynamic. We're learning more about Rose. We're also learning more about the Doctor. That's kind of a theme that goes through this whole first season. And we get the the, the nugget of the Time War, that very first instance of that. So we're getting the, the, the pieces of information are starting to fall into place um, with those kind of things. We get enough of the relationship with, uh, you know, uh, Rose and, and her mom through the phone call that we kind of can, you can encapsulate the, that relationship. And uh, the Doctor still being an enigma, even though everybody in the galaxy and the universe apparently knows who the Time Lords are or were, that, uh, you know, he, he's, he's still sought after, <laughs> even if it's a tree lady. Tree lady. Um, so that one just, uh, the more I thought about it, the more I kind of realized that I, th- I think that's the one that, that just kind of best sums up Eccleston's run, because it's also about hope. But you don't necessarily quite get there, and there's going to be sacrifice, and there's going to be darkness. And as with all truly great Doctor Who, some very oddly inconveniently placed fan blades. <laughs> now, that's another thing that you didn't touch on is that the episode really shows the the character of the Doctor of, of, of all the incarnations of Doctor the, 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 the diplomacy. That the doctor can have with yeah. other species. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good one too. Yeah. That he's, the, the, despite his loner status, that he really is still at home in that kind of environment right. as well. Right. The only place the doctor I don't think is comfortable is behind a desk at Unit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's they found the one but thing that he's really that's a good point. You know, but he paperwork okay behind the desk at Craig's office. Oh, that's that's so customer service. That's a, that's a, you can deal with that. I'm here to help. <laughs> if, if that was the program, if Unit had given him a name badge, <laughs> he'd have been okay. Doctor, I'm here to help. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I think it's interesting, and in I'm looking at our poll results. There are three episodes that didn't get any votes at all. No Techn- love. Technically four. No. Yeah. Nope. Well, yeah, you're right, four. I'm not quite sure how four. that happened. Because it says 1%, zero votes. No, I'm... I'm- 
Aliens of London and World War Three, two episodes. And Boomtown. They're also the and episodes. Game. Long game didn't get a vote. Well, either. that's what I'm saying. On my screen, long game shows one percent. Oh, you're right. The but zero votes. Zero. I'm not quite sure how that happened. I don't know. Apparently, our polling process is defunct. All your votes are now. I just put it up there and didn't write. The Erroneous. <laughs> nothing, nothing happened. But I, th- I thought it was interesting that none of the Slovene episodes received a single solitary vote from anybody. Surprise me at all. Uh, no love for the Slovene. They are not good episodes. They're not. Uh, they're not bad episodes. They're not bad think. episodes. They're just they're squishy just faces. The weakest of the run. <laughs> Actually, I'd, I'd rather watch the Slovene episodes before the Unquiet Dead. Yeah, I would too. Quite honestly, I'd rather watch the Slovene episodes than Fear Her. Or I mean, well, that's well, not that a fair. Count. That's not a fair comparison. But yeah, I don't know. And while we're on the subject, BBC Worldwide, with your marketing arm, when do we get our squishy face plushies? <laughs> I still want a squishy face plushie, Slovene. Marshmallow face. Marshmallow face. I told Caitlin. You should make our own. I told Caitlin. Out of marshmallows. Doing, no, we'd get sued then. <laughs> Caitlin and I were doing our interview. I told her that you uh, thought they were squishy fun. marshmallow face. She kind of giggled. <laughs> Uh, anything else on the Ninth Doctor? I feel like we've kind of shorted him, but you know what? He kind of shorted us in the fact that he only did one season. So, <laughs> well, and so and early. Plus, I mean, we let's let's be honest. We have covered this era mm-hmm. uh, extensively, pretty extensively, so far it's, in our podcast. So, there's. I really wanted to go back and rewatch the season before we did this, and I never got the time. Because we, we've talked about the Time War, and we've talked about Eccleston, and we've talked about Russell T Davies era, and we. I mean, we we've kind of retread this ground mm-hmm. so I don't know that there's much that we can add to our own conversation yeah. at this point yeah. So. Yeah. now Caitlin has some things to Caitlin say Caitlin does have some things to say about this and uh, we'll take a listen to that right now alright well this week I thought I'd do something special and bring my daughter Caitlin Caitlin uh, introduce yourself and tell everybody how you got interested in Doctor Who hi I'm Caitlin and I think I got interested in Doctor Who just because I pretty much grew up watching it since my dad watches it all the time. And I just wanted to start just kind of watching it myself. So you kind of had seen some classic episodes whenever I was watching. But we properly introduced you to the series with the Ninth Doctor, played by Christopher Eccleston, and Rose with Billy Piper. So first of all, give me your impressions of the Ninth Doctor. What do you think of him as a doctor? I don't know. I think it's pretty good. What about the Ninth Doctor you think makes him kind of a pretty good doctor? Um, I don't know. Probably that he's, like, really serious and, I don't know, kind of like that. He kind of, he's, like, kind of a take-charge kind of guy, isn't yeah. he? He doesn't, he's not real soft like some of the other doctors have been. Yeah. So, starting with Rose, which was the first episode of the first series of the 2005 restart of the series um what were your impressions of that i mean this is the first time that you are introduced to the ninth doctor obviously and i thought what i thought was cool about it is the fact that it's really from rose's point of view meaning as rose is being introduced the audience the viewers us we're being introduced to the doctor as well what do you think of that episode and, and and how it introduced the doctor i think it was cool like it started off with rose and then the doctor just kind of jumped in like that's where it started, like with Rose, and then it just went into him. The- yeah. And then, uh, of course, we get a, a rash of characters. We get uh, Jackie, who's Rose's mom, 
and we get Mickey as well, which is Rose's kind of boyfriend. What, what about this episode do you like the most? What do you, what do you like best about it? Um, now, this is the one with the autons and the nesting consciousness and the shop window dummies come to life. You remember yeah. that? Um, I like, I, I liked, um, when they like turned Mickey into that plastic thing and they, like the trash can like ate him. It was funny. That was pretty cool, wasn't it? And then Rose gets to kind of be a hero at the end because really this is Rose's story. Yeah. And then she ends up saving the day at the end. So then the next one was uh, End of the World, which is the one where they're on the, the space station. And there's all the crazy aliens and they're, they're there to see the end of Earth. So what do you think about that episode? Um, I liked that one. I, I wish, um, like, I don't know which one was my favorite probably, but I don't that, know. I pretty much liked them all. That one's certainly that up there. That pretty cool. And then, uh, of course, they had the tree people. And, and yeah. they, that one was kind of neat because it has all of the different kinds of aliens. You know, the, you're introduced to all of them. And then, of course, the villain who is... Cassandra. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of Cassandra? I mean, she's like the last human, but there's yeah. like hardly anything of her left. Although technically Rose will be the last human. Well, that's true. But nobody knew that she was... Because at that time uh, in the story, in, in the, that timeline... Cassandra was the last living well, human, yeah, so but... technically Rose coming from the past doesn't quite qualify, I guess. But Rosen is really more human than Cassandra was, so. I think the first time I saw that episode, she'd kind of creep me out. It was just like a big glop of skin on a metal box. I don't know yeah, what to She kind of looks like a, like a frame. Yeah, she like a trampoline. Like... Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. That's what Rose calls her. So then the next one is uh, The Unquiet Dead, and that's the one with the author Charles Dickens, which, of course, you've read, you know, lots of Charles Dickens, right? No. <laughs> but you know some of the stories, like Christmas Carol was written by Charles Dickens. You know the story mm -hmm. of that with Ebenezer Scrooge, and, yeah. which I think is kind of what they were kind of framing that around. And, and uh, obviously, he wrote a bunch of classics that you'll read in probably middle school and high school, so <laughs> you know, it'll be required reading. But anyway, we've got the Gelf, which they think that, you know, obviously they're in Victorian England, so they think that, because it's old times, they think it's ghosts. So, what'd you think of that episode? Um, I really liked that one. Like, when you watch something for, like, the second or third time, you kind of, like, notice more stuff. The first time, it was, the end was kind of, you know, just, I don't know. It was just kind of hard to concept a little bit. It is. It's kind of hard to wrap your brain around that one yeah. because, you know, we're dealing with ghosts. We're dealing with ghosts. And then suddenly it's it's the question of these beings from another, you know, dimension or, or, or part of the universe or something like that. So yeah. it's kind of hard to wrap your brain around. And, like, I didn't even notice that time because I probably wasn't paying attention because I didn't know this was coming. But that was, like, the first episode that they mentioned anything about Bad Wolf. That's right. And I didn't so that even was the first time I didn't even notice that. That's right. It's the first time you picked up on that. So, and then, of course, you didn't catch it until you went back. Yeah, because I, I like I didn't know I was supposed to be listening for that because that episode comes at like the very end. But I didn't notice that. And then the next was Aliens of London and World War Three, which introduced us to. Do you remember the name of the uh, family, the alien family that they introduced? What they're at first, they thought they were their species, but then you find out it's actually their name. Oh, was it like? Wasn't it the Slovene? It was the Slovene, and so I always get those mixed up with the Centaurans. Really? Yeah, no. Slovene. Just the name. It just sounds. Right. It just You'd sounds the one. same. Yeah. Like I know, like the big green things are the Slovene, but I just always get the names mixed up. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So, and what do you think of that one? Now, this is the first two part of the series. So, this you know the first episode actually uh, leaves off on what's called a cliffhanger, meaning you don't know what's going to happen next. So, what do you think of these two episodes? It wasn't one of my favorites, but I mean, it was a pretty good one. It was pretty good. And what do you think of the Celine? I mean, they're hiding in these human bodies, and then there's of course a little bit of juvenile humor with the gas that they keep. <laughs> Letting out uh, yeah. and be, uh, what did you think it was kind of silly? Yeah. Yeah. I think a, a boy your age probably would appreciate that. More than <laughs> yeah, <a> probably. <laughs> I'm sure if Mason actually watched that one, he would crack it. You think he'd think that was funny? Yeah. You think boys at your school would probably laugh at that? Yes. The boys at your school joke about gas and. All the time. <laughs> burst from the bus. Yes. Um, so is there anything that stands out in that episode that you really liked or thought that, that kind of um made the episode for you i don't know i just i didn't i didn't expect the zipper thing in their forehead that was that was weird. that was creepy wasn't it yes that was really weird yeah. and it was like before like at the beginning don't they like not they just show you the thing doing it they don't really like show you the big green slovene things that's right, that's right. I, I was like i, I was freaked out I was like why the heck is there a blue beam coming out of her forehead? That's just crazy. But... <laughs> you know, uh, Sean, oh, he always calls the, uh, when he talks about the Sylvian, he talks about they look like big squishy marshmallow faces. <laughs> they kind of look like, like cartoonish or something. Yeah, I know. I, I, like, I don't really know how to describe what they look like. Well, I can describe what they look like, but I can't compare them to anything yeah, really yeah. like that, but. Well, look like I'm big, trying to think of an animal I can compare them to, but uh, they really, can't really. But they look like these big, like, stuffed animals, kind of, you know? Yeah. Except for they have these big claws. Yeah. What did you think of uh, um, the uh, lady that come, becomes the Prime Minister, Harriet Jones? She's actually just a member of Parliament, which is their government. What did you think of her? Or the one that, the lady that helps her out? Oh, yeah. I like her. She's pretty cool, isn't she? Yeah. All right, then the next episode introduced a iconic villain from my past, and it was one single one, and they thought that they were all wiped out. Do you remember which episode I'm talking about? Oh. Exterminate. Exterminate. I know it has Daleks, and I just can't think of the name. It was uh, called Dalek. The Do- it was just called Dalek. Remember, uh, it was the one that was down in the vault. Which one was that again? Like, it had the, I think the guy name was uh, Harry or Henry Van Satten. And he had like the museum and Rose and the doctor show up and they see the Cyberman head and then they go and they're captured and he takes him in. The security takes him in and he shows him the Dalek. He goes and he sends the doctor. Oh, the one where like Rose touches it? Yeah. Okay. That one. Yeah. I remember that that? now. Was that one scary? Kind of. Is it? Because sometimes I wonder because like when I was a kid, Daleks were scary. I mean, people were scared of Daleks. It wasn't like scary, but it was just kind of creepy. Yeah. But as the Daleks got... Went further along in the series, I think people took them less seriously, and they kind of got a little comedic. But I think that this particular story brought it back around, and I think that they actually made the Daleks creepy again, or the Dalek creepy again. Yeah. Um, and you, I think you really felt like everybody was in danger from one Dalek, which I think is impressive. Mm-hmm. But then that one ends with kind of a nice note. What did you think of the, the little interchange between uh, Rose and the Dalek at the end? kind of gets a little emotional, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, like... Before that episode, I hadn't seen what the actual inside of a Dalek looked like, so I did not expect that to be, like, a big, mushy, 
brain thing. It yeah. looked like a brain kind of. Yeah. No, I think so too. And then, uh, well, when I was a kid, you barely saw what was inside the casing. And when they did show it to you, it like, it like screw away real fast and then it'd show it for very long. So it was really difficult to tell what the, what the Daleks actually looked like inside. I think part of that was because the special effects weren't as good back then. Now they're a little more impressive. They can do more. So. Yeah. Okay, so the next one, then, is the long game, and that's the one where they go to this, the broadcast station. I can't, what was the name of the space station? Because it's actually a different space station than the first one. Yeah, I can't remember. the second episode. But that's the one where they're broadcasting, obviously, the news, and they have the little things in their head, and they snap oh, their fingers, yeah. and it opens up, and then they can kind of plug in there. Remember they said each one has, like, a trigger word, though, or trigger thing, though. That that one guy's was just the snap, though. That's right. You could make. You're right. You're absolutely. I forgot about that. You can actually make your own trigger, and he happened to use the, the one because he had a choice on how you activate it. He he chose that one. So, and then uh, do you remember what the name of the, the big gooey beast thing that was hanging from the ceiling was? Oh gosh, I'm trying. And the guy that I was, have. I have so many like. I have all these monster names in my head from like a ton of doctors. I just uh, I can't. Ah. Well, it's escaping me now, but it, was it that, the one with the mighty Jaggerfest? Was it Jaggerfest? Oh, yeah. That was Is that what it was? I think that's what it was. Yeah, I couldn't remember for that sure. Sounds, that sounds pretty familiar. Now, the guy that, the Simon Pegg, who was the actor that played the editor, he was the guy that, with the white hair and, and was, you know, uh, kind of calling the shots before we, oh. we found out. The, yeah. The, it was the mighty Jaggerfest of the holy Magic Maxa. Denifo. I'm not sure I said that right. But. That is a long name. <laughs> it is a long name. But I think we just call him the Money Jaggerfest. Yeah. So what do you think of that one? Was that kind of weird when they, they the head opened? Yeah, and... that's really weird. Well, I'm pretty sure that I'm right, but I'm not sure. Like, when the people are, like, sitting on the seats around, they put their hands on, and the person with the hole in their head thing, are they, like, giving them their knowledge or something? I think what's happening, yeah, is that the person in the chair kind of acts, acts as the information so the the information goes into that person and it's processed and i think those people that are around there are like kind of stabilize that person and keep them from like overloading from the information so they're kind of that's their job is to to and then they the other the ones that kind of process what's going through her and i think they're the ones that kind of are responsible for sending that out all right and then next up was uh this i thought this was a really good one this was one of my favorites this one was called father's day Oh, yeah, Rose, I like that one a Rose lot. Rose gets a chance to go back and see her father. but Not save him. Yeah, then she steps in, doesn't she? And she kind of makes a mess of things. So. Yep. And then the big, uh, um, what were they called, Reapers? Um, I don't know. I but, just think the whole time I thought they just called it a paradox. But it was a paradox. Yeah. What had happened is they... I know, but I don't know what the creature's called. That, I think they were called reapers, I think is what they were called. I think they look like um, pterodactyls, kind of. They do. They look like giant black pterodactyls, don't they? They were brown, weren't they? Oh, were they brown? Uh, black or so. brown. Yeah. Does it really matter? <laughs> it doesn't. What did you think of the end of that one? That was kind of sad, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I like that one. I don't know how, like... I mean, kind of, when her dad finally decide figures out that he has to go run out in front of the car uh i don't get how like that makes the automatically makes the doctor come back 
Well, I think the idea of that is the fact that he went and set right what was supposed to happen with time. So he, is, he was destined to die. And so when he did that, that canceled the paradox that was happening and everything kind of came back to, to normal. So uh-huh. everybody that had disappeared or died or, or gone away was it kind of, they kind of reset time so that, that things progressed normally like they would have in time. So mm-hmm. I think that's why the doctor ends up coming back. Next up. And I think this one is my favorite, and it's a two-parter. And this is the empty t- child and the doctor dances. Yeah. Are you my mummy? What'd you think of this one? Totally freaked me out. What? I ha- I actually had nightmares that night. It oh, was, did you? It freaked me out. That yes. little boy's kind of creepy, isn't he? Yeah. Are you my mummy? Where's my mummy? Are you my mummy? Do you know where my mummy? I. There was only two. Uh, like. Besides the "Are you my mummy? Where's my mummy?" thing like that, I only heard him like. Even you didn't notice this the first time because I remember telling you that. But um, he actually he besides he says another thing. I actually caught this like the third time watching it because um, like besides saying like "Are you my mummy? Please let me." In. Well, actually, he does say "Please let me in, mummy." When he's trying to get in through the door, when he reaches his hand through the mailbox, but when Rose is like trying to, is like climbing up the rope on like the blimp, um, I notice that the one word he says that has nothing to do with his mommy is balloon. He like points up and he says balloon. Oh, he does say balloon, doesn't That's he? That's the only other word I think he says, and I'm like, he, my dad even didn't even catch that. But. That's right. <laughs> I can't believe I actually heard that, but. And then you remember who they introduced in that episode? Oh, yeah, Captain Jack Harkness. <laughs> what did you think of Captain Jack? Yeah, I, I like him. He's is, probably my favorite, favorite character from that. Is that right? He's yeah. a pretty cool character. I like him. And then what I thought was fascinating about this, and, and obviously you know this, but there's no, there's really no bad guy in this. There doesn't end up being a real villain in this. Yeah, one because, because like the nanobots, like they repaired the kit. Like he had a gas mask on and he had like the cut on his hand. And they thought that's what he's supposed to look like, so they like repaired everyone else. And then, well, supposedly repaired. I said with quotation marks. Um, everyone else, and um. So they just, like, got confused. So, yeah, there's really no right. villain. Like, and I think the other thing that I really like about that is at the end, the doctor's so elated because everybody lives. Just this once, once Rose, Rose everybody, everybody lives. And then following that episode comes, do you remember? Uh, Wasn't that Bad Wolf and Parting in the Waves? Not or is yet. there we're, another one? We're getting one? there. Um, there was Boomtown first. Boomtown, that's what it was. And then Boomtown, obviously, was the one with the return of the Slovene. She was the, oh, the yeah, lady, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, and yeah. she had become mayor of, I think it was Cardiff, and which is in Wells, which is another like kind of sub-country over there in the UK. Yeah. And then, I say sub-country, it's actually a country, but... <laughs> and uh, then, of course, she's hiding out, and there's the doctor and her go on a date, because he's... Yeah, don't don't they, like, see her in the newspaper or something? That's, that's right. how they find out. That's right. And they go confront her and find out that she's actually just really trying to escape, and she's building a surfboard. <laughs> oh, yeah. I... My, I think my favorite part about that... Well, I really like... I don't think it's my favorite part, but I really like about that episode is, like, when they're out at that, like, restaurant kind of place. I don't know what it really was, but at that restaurant place, like, 
she was telling him about all the, like, as she was doing them, she was telling him about, like, all these ways that Slovene, Slovene, that's what it is, right? Slovene, uh-huh. Yeah. Slovene. That they can kill people, and they did it, it's like, I don't know, couldn't they, like, shoot darts out of their tongue or something? Or was that, she, they could shoot darts out of something. Uh-huh. yeah. And then, um, as she tells him all this stuff, and then he just, like, avoids, like, catches the thing, and then, um... She, like, has bad breath or I don't know, but they have, like, breath that just right. sprays Lethal the breath. thing in it. And then she put, like, poison in the drink, and he just was, I think, it's funny. the drinks. That was pretty funny. That was, there was a lot of neat little it's comical. A good, it's a good thing to know how a villain can kill you. So, That's true. Yeah. Doctor's pretty smart. That's how it comes in handy. Although like he it. knows about, like, every creature, every living thing in the universe. So, yeah. Well, for the most part. I for think he comes part. across new species all the time, but he, he sure seems to figure them out, doesn't he? Yeah. And then, finally, rounding it out, end up being the ones you were talking about, which were Bad Wolf and, and Parting, Parting of the, the ways. ways. So, what did you think of, the course, this is the big finale that kind of wraps everything up. What did you think of that? I think those were my favorite episodes of the Ninth Doctor, actually. Um, were you surprised when they revealed that the Daleks were there and had been, had pretty much um, used? When well, they were saying they were using humans to create mutant Daleks, you mutated Daleks, and to rebuild the Dalek race. Was yeah. it, were you surprised? Yeah, like, and that's where they reveal like the whole bad wolf thing. Right, right. And um, like they go. That's how I figured out in that one episode, the un- Silent Dead? Unquiet Dead. Unquiet Dead. Close. Um, but anyways, that's how I figured out that she said that in that one. And then after, actually, after I watched that one, I think I went back and watched that episode again. And I'm like, oh, yeah, she does say that. Because, like, when the doctor is, like, kind of going through his mind and, um, like, seeing all the places that they've seen Bad Wolf... That's been, like, all out through the thing. That one Unquiet Dead episode, the um, the second one with, like, all the creatures and stuff, it was written on the Face of Bo's case thing, I guess. Right. I don't know. That's right. Um, oh, gosh. Where else was it? Oh, someone had spray-painted it on the side of the TARDIS. Right. Can't remember. There's one other place. Oh, yeah, in the Slovene one. It was on the sign. Like, the letters were, like, rearranged. And then, <laughs> finally, they're in these big, bold letters in the last one. And then that's that where he realizes, oh, we've seen that all along. It's because he's on that station, and that station is Bad Wolf. Yeah. So then, of course, that one starts out with the game shows. Did you kind of wonder what was going on there whenever when Jack gets plugged, plucked into the what to wear? What not to wear. What not to wear. Thank you. And then I've seen that Rose's, show before. Oh, did you? It doesn't have robots. <laughs> no, I think it had a real woman. And then uh, Rose is doing uh, The Weakest Link, yep. and the Doctor is on Big Brother. Which, you weren't familiar with Weakest Link and Big Brother, because they were shows, actually, I think Weakest Link was on here. And Big Brother were on here when you were in the United States when you were much, much, much younger, probably off your radar. I've um, ever like I've never heard of Big Brother, the game show that Big Brother before that Doctor Who episode, and then I started hearing it everywhere. Like this one show I watched, The Amazing Race, there is this one contestant um, who won Big Brother. I'm like, I keep hearing that everywhere. I think what happens is when you when you're introduced to something and you just notice it. Like, had you not watched that episode and learned about Big Brother, you probably wouldn't even noticed when they said that they. I know, them. like when like someone like. You like hear a new song or something, you hear it all over the radio and yeah. stuff like that. I 
get that Suddenly all the time. You just notice it every time. Yeah, but anyways. What did you think of the finale? I mean, was it was it a nice send off for for the ninth Doctor? You know, the Rose yeah. basically, I mean, absorbing the heart of the TARDIS. Oh yeah, I like that. I like I I really thought like I thought what Rose and the Doctor thought. Well, I don't know if Rose thought it, but I know the Doctor thought it. Like that the Daleks were bad wolf, but really it was Rose and the TARDIS. Right. Oh, I forgot to mention this earlier. <laughs> my my favorite thing from my favorite thing that they say probably in this episode is the android or like he goes you are the weakest link goodbye <laughs> that's like my favorite part of it is you know place. she's that android is actually based on a real woman who voiced the android in the episode and her name is Anne. and i can't feel like i remember her last name but <laughs> her actual name is Anne. that's her first name so she's the android huh. so um i thought that was kind of clever so Wrapping it up now, what did you think of the Ninth Doctor as a whole? Now, obviously, let me, I'm going to set this up first by asking. You've, you've obviously seen all the way to Series 11, all the way to the end. You're caught completely up. You're ready for the 50th anniversary. Mm-hmm. So I've you've seen, seen all nine, through 10, 9, 10, 11. 11. Of those three, who's your favorite, Doctor? You know, I really like 9, but probably I like the episodes in 10. But eleven is like my favorite doctor. So, if you could take if it, well, let's I'll, I'll pose it this way then: if nine could have kept going, do you think you might have enjoyed some of those episodes that that ten was in more because it would be nine, or do you think that it was good that the ninth doctor kind of became the tenth doctor and, and things kind of changed a little bit? Since I kind of like I just like like I like the tenth doctor, but. I really like the episodes in that. I think if you had the if you had the ninth in those episodes, I don't think it would matter. I think I would still like that. I think so. you'd still like it. I don't think the doctor really mattered. I just like the episodes. Do you think the mood would have changed? Because I mean, there's we, we talked about it a probably being a little because they have like completely different personalities, right? Because as you said, you know, the first do- or the ninth doctor is kind just kind of serious right, and, and take charge and yeah. get things done. And then and the tenth doctor is just kind of this bouncing off the walls crazy well i guess they're all pretty crazy but <laughs> <laughs> i think they get a little more manic or, or crazy as yeah as they, 11's the most craziest so you enjoyed the ninth doctor and obviously it kept you interested in doctor who to keep going through the uh, rest of the seasons so yeah all right well caitlin thank you very much for joining us this week on traveling the vortex thank you for having me all right, Sean, what's next up on the schedule? Well, up next on the schedule, uh, we will have the Merca on Friday Night Who. And I really shouldn't be this excited about this episode. Sorry, Michelle, we're not rearranging the schedule. Yeah, we well, should have addressed this, that. Uh, because, well, I suppose we yeah, should have. I didn't think about that. that. This is Merca. I mean, unfortunately, we've, we've planned this out in the sense that we're kind of doing the countdown. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not that we're ignoring you. It's just that we're kind of set in how we're doing this. And Terror of the Zygons is going to be kind of our um, our Halloween finale episode, of, even though we're doing it three days later. But <laughs> it's not three days. It's the next day. It's, no, no, no. We're, we're, watching, we're it. watching it on the, the day after Halloween. We're recording. We're recording. We're discussing watching it on, on Halloween. Well, mostly no, on, we're not. nearly on it'll, Halloween. It'll be almost two days later because no. we start at midnight, so it'll be Saturday and Halloween was on Thursday. Yeah. No, it's November 1st. Yeah, we'll technically be starting November second. S- November second at midnight. Halloween would have our Friday ended night. Who is actually Saturday hours. morning? Yeah, 
I'm confused. <laughs> it's November 1st. <laughs> the evening. So we're actually doing it on All Hallows Day <laughs> instead of All Hallows Eve. Well, fine. It's our All Hallows Day special. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what else? Um, so Warriors of the Deep uh, on uh, on this Friday for the t- on 1025. And then um, Glenn, for sure, <laughs> will be reviewing a book in our next episode. <laughs> Keith and I may or may video. not be chiming in with our thoughts on that book. It's a 10th Doctor book, Forever Autumn, by Mark Morris. Um, interesting to note, I'll be curious if there's a... Uh, maybe you can let me know, but I'll be curious if there's a um, reference anywhere in that Forever Autumn is a name of one of the songs in the Jeff Wayne... War of the Worlds musical. I, I may have overlooked it, but I didn't ever see a reference to Aww. that. So. But well, I did know that. So. That's your outro music for that yeah, week. Forever Autumn. Which is oh, it's a great song. I love the musical. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, and we'll also be covering the Audio Go Big Finish Destiny of the Doctor Death's Deal next week. Uh, the rest of the schedule is up on the website. Um, the following week is Terror of the Zygons, as we said. Counting down with Doctor Number 4. Our following week's uh, episode will be our review of Terror of the Zygons, because that's a brand new DVD here in North America. Uh, so hopefully you all have your copies. As well as IDW Comics Prisoners of Time 10, because uh, we're continuing on with the 10th Doctor. And then uh, number three on the countdown is John Pertwee in the da- Daemons. The Daemons. The Daemons. The Daemons. Uh, with friend of the show, Stephen Thorne, playing as a... Azrael. As uh, yeah, uh, Azrael, I think. Azrael. Is, yeah, is, is his character's name, I believe. Uh, and we'll be covering the Daemons in episode 150. <gasps> and you know what that means? It's an anniversary! I have no plans at this point for 150 episodes. <laughs> I don't either. So we'll come up with something special oh, for no, you. No, we won't. Sure we would. <laughs> <laughs> we'll then- have squishy-faced marshmallow people just here. Uh, sometime during, let's see, when is that uh, going to actually happen on the, uh, I guess? Oh, and uh, uh, we kind of jumped around a little bit, but then we also need to make sure that there is still time for you to uh, buy and send Glenn your iTunes registration or your, uh, Video, vi- your just visual some proof. sort of visual proof that you that purchased, purchased the, uh, the, yeah. the, the iTunes episode. Some sort of qualifying proof. You can't just tell me you did it. you got to give me some qualifiers. Espe- make espe- it fair to Especially now Dr. Phil, who said in his feedback that he went ahead and bought one. He has one. bought one of them, yes. But, Phil, that didn't count. <laughs> you you got to send some sort of visual evidence yes. that, that you, you did it. So I'll leave you, to, I'll leave you to come up with that. Hopefully you've caught up to us by this point <laughs> so that you know. <laughs> Maybe we should email him just to Maybe. let him know. Maybe we should. Um, but so there's still time for that, and then uh, I imagine we'll probably have a, a, a few days sabbatical, um, and then at some point, Glenn will get the Tenth Doctor poll up on yes. our website. Yes, absolutely. So uh, you can vote for Tenth. You can start thinking about what the most representative David Tennant episode is. <laughs> you can start thinking about it. All right. Well, very good. Anything else? No, no, no. There's there's a new trailer out, yeah, and it's awesome. And there's jelly babies. In there it. were flying jelly babies and a falling doctor. And a falling doctor. doctor. All right. Tom looks really good. I kind of thought that you know he'd gone gray or something. <laughs> but I was, Put on some weight, but no. yeah, no, he looks he looks really good. All the renderings in that were really good. But renderings, oh, of course, Keith. That's actually Tom. Keith doesn't think the third doctor. Is really good. 
No, those are screenshots actually from the episode. We discussed this. All right, if that's going to do it for this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm counting those screenshots from the episode. Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Those are screenshots from the episode, Glenn. Those are rendered. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. And you know that you feel it too. Cause it's night in the afternoon. And your eyes are the size of the moon. You're good cause you can, so you do. We're feeling so good just the way that we do. When it's night in the afternoon. Your eyes are the size of the moon. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. Do you know what I mean?